You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the raven tooth comes from the green dragon. Welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and I have here with me today, Kylie. Hello, hello. I've got Jeremy. Hello, Matt. And special guest, Timothy. Hello, how are we on? Yeah, good, good. I'm, uh, I hope you're keen for this, because I am. I'm, I haven't been on an episode for a little while, and uh, this is this is a doozy, Timmy. Uh, I know that you, you're a fan of this army that we're getting into. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I, I purchased this army way back when it first came out, and have been playing it ever since. So, yeah, I'm really Excellent. excited to, to talk about it, yeah. This army yes, is Arnold. Have... They know. They read the title. You don't have to be called. They know. They know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Arnold. Um, Arnold, that's right. Uh, Timmy, have you been on this podcast before? I believe I have yeah. once a long time ago. Um, many moons ago. Many moons ago, talking about, I think we were talking about terrain back then, if I recall. Uh, but yes, I've, I've been avid with it ever since. And yeah, really excited to be back on. Excellent. Timmy's a uh, local tournament organiser uh, and avid terrain maker. He's been doing some incredible stuff lately. Do you want to just quickly go over some of that, Timmy, and just let us know about yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been I've been playing uh, Lord of the Rings since, I think, about 2005, so over 15 years. Uh, and, yeah, I've uh, recent years, yeah, taken to running, running run tournaments and, yeah, making terrain, building up a collection of terrain to, to play, play on events and... I recently um, refurbished my weathertop terrain piece, which was I originally made one of the very first things I made following the instructions from the Fellowship of the Ring journey book back in the day, if anyone remembers that. And, um, yeah, I recently went back to it and kind of cleaned it up and re-sculpted on a lot of it and repainted it and, yes, and become a really cool terrain piece that we you can use for points matches kind of works quite well to to work in and out of with different areas in it so yeah it's good yeah don't be modest timmy it's it's an incredible piece <laughs> i've played on it like three or four times now and i absolutely love it it almost covers the whole board but um it doesn't feel unwieldy because there are so many cool little places you play around it so yeah like love your work mate and uh and keep it up and thank you for joining us here today uh so we're talking about arnor as jeremy rightly pointed out uh, and it's not a big list, but it is one that has had some impact, I think, uh, in competitive games, and is a lot of fun to play. Uh, Kylie, what do you what do you think of the Arnold list? Gone are the days where you could have Dunedain and Aragorn, and you know all these other fun characters kicking around in the list. Uh, my my heart yearns for back in the days of two thousand and fifteen, where. We could have our fancy, you know, Arvind Dewey and Malbeth leading a whole bunch more than just Hobbits, Rangers of Arnor, and Warriors of Arnor. But I digress. The list is still okay. They picked up a couple of little interesting buffs, so I'm keen to get into it. I'll just interject there, because, yeah, you say um, they, they are missing some tricks they did have in yesteryear, but in it's actually in the previous edition... Well, under the Hobbit rules, they couldn't get the Hobbits in it, and then they brought that back in the in this latest edition. So that, that was a devastating. It's loss, it's it? nice to have them back. It's very nice <laughs> to have them back. I know we can't have some of the other things, but I I think it's really nice to have the Hobbits back. 
what I'm really attracted to in this one is it's the one tragic story you get for the the good side. Like I know that there's probably some others as well, maybe the dwarfs expedition to to Moria and, and other things as well. But Arnor is this this kingdom that that fell. The the twin of Gondor. It could have been the, the same sort of influence as Gondor, but it didn't. It fell into disrepair and got got sacked by the Witch King early on. So I feel it's a really important part of the lore, and it's one that I've I've always been attracted to. And a lot of it came from from the old Ruin of Arnor source book, which first introduced it. To, to Arnor, it really piqued my interest because we had this this exactly this tragic tale, but it has such an influence on the whole law. So I think that's that's definitely attraction to it. And you've got an army that that's absolutely playable. So if you want to play it, you could definitely get involved with Arnor and use it. So I think it's a nice combination. It definitely has some things that I would like like improved, of course, but Overall, I think it's it's a quite an attractive army, and the people who like Arnold really love Arnold. They go to town on them, and you get some amazing stuff. Absolutely. All right, let's get right into it, shall we? On to the first segment. Know thine enemy. Arnor. Upon his arrival in Eriador at the end of the Second Age, Alindil founded the kingdoms of Gondor and Arnor. Whilst Arnor is now just a distant memory, her cities and strongholds reduced to rubble, there was a time when Arnor's might was equal in measure to that of Gondor, before the kingdom was plunged into war and despair. In the days of her glory, Arnor achieved the same nobility that still exists in Gondor. Heroic kings who descended from the line of Numenor ruled over the lands, and the towns and villages prospered under their protection. The evil that dwelt in the north was held at bay by Anna's vast standing armies that defended her lands and her people. It was even said that when united as one under banner of the king, the armies of Arnor could not be defeated, not even by the combined forces of orcs, trolls and evil men. However, fate was tempted and the destiny decided to prove otherwise. In her waning years, the kingdom of Arnor was weakened and battered by constant war against her enemies, and was plagued by disease and famine. One by one, Arnor's cities fell into ruin, as her people fled to safer places, or were slain. Only a handful of ever-watchful rangers and guardsmen stood watch over the crumbling cities and towns that still remained. Over the years, the eastern reaches of the kingdom were left empty, and more and more of the realm became abandoned, or were sacked by evil forces. By the time of King Avadui, only the capital, Fornost, stood proud as a bastion against evil. That was until the final war between the realm of Arnor and the dread land of Angmar, which saw the complete ruin of the northmost kingdom of men. Although Arnor is long since destroyed, the bloodline of Numenor still endures, hidden in the northern wilderness of Middle-earth until a time comes for it to be revealed to reclaim and unite the lands of Gondor and Arnor. All right, know thine enemy. And you know what? Let, let's just get straight into it. The leader of Arnor, Arvadui, last king of Arnor. 80 points. He's a man from Arnor, of course, infantry hero, hero of valor, which is nice because it means that you actually can ally this list if you are Yellow Alliance. Hooray. <laughs> He's move six. Uh, fight five with a four plus shoot value. Uh, strength four, defense six. Three attacks, always very nice. Two wounds and a courage of five. He has three might, two will, and one fate. Not bad at all. Uh, a very decent profile. Uh, heavy armor and a sword on him. And his heroic actions are the ones that you want, really. Heroic strike. 
heroic strength, maybe not so much, and heroic defense. So those two in particular, strike and defense, always very, very handy. Uh, he has Hatred Angmar, which is a cool little rule that they introduced in this edition, where uh, all of the uh, Arnor models, well, the Warriors, the Captains, and uh, and, and the King have uh, this hatred of the list that has brought their downfall, so they hate them. They want to kick him in the butt, plus one to wound for him. And he also has the King in the North, which, okay, all right, a little bit of Game of Thrones. Uh, active special rule. The last ruler of the Northern Kingdom, Arvidui commands great loyalty and respect from his remaining followers. His standfast is 12 inches rather than 6. Always pretty nice. Yeah, he's not too bad for an 80-point package, to be perfectly honest. I... I so wish he was, like, 90 points and had a third wound in there. Um, but you do have Melbeth for that that cheeky little 5-plus uh, save, so it's not all that bad in, in the uh, durability department. Honestly, he's pretty good for 80 points. I think the, the one thing that really kind of makes me yearn for that third wound is he's just not... He's not like that tier big tier of hero that can go up and channel thing, challenge things like... Uh, troll chieftains and stuff, so you do have to be careful uh, how you place him on the battlefield and where uh, you commit him in terms of uh, using his resources for strikes and stuff like that. Last episode, with we were talking about rangers, you talked about a 75-point model, uh, Arathor, and it talked about how it was absolutely amazing and one of the best values because it had three attacks. Now, Arvidui is only five points more. Five points, okay, fair enough. But you've got a very, very similar profile, almost identical. You don't have a bow, but you've got a bit of extra defense, which is very nice. You've got more options for your, your heroic actions. You've got a Hatred Angmar rule, which is a nice bonus at times. And you've got the Standfast. I think this guy's fantastic. Yes, I, I agree, Jeremy. He is absolutely amazing. But I think the big difference between Arathorn and Arvidui is Arathorn is dropped down into a list that is surrounded by might points, for one, and surrounded by two attack models. Avadui isn't surrounded by uh, this peeling options, and sometimes he does have to use his might on uh, heroic actions that he might not otherwise want to be using his might on. Yeah, that being said, like, he is the only option in the list, and, like, having played him for many years, he certainly feels actually a lot bigger now because um, in the latest edition, they gave him the extra attack. In previous editions, he only had two attacks mm. and he was still 80 points. And like having used him recently, I definitely feel he does feel a lot bigger. And you're right, the, the two wounds is still a bit limiting, but I feel like he can actually get in there and do some damage now. And you can actually... You don't have to be super, super careful with him, like where you put him. You can actually now throw him in a bit into some guys and and get get some damage coming through. And I feel that is like being the only kind of big guy you can get for the list. I feel that it actually makes him, you know, reasonably decent for that purpose. Yeah, he, he's definitely a, a focal point of the list, and and that's as Kylie points out that that's kind of a negative and a positive. You know, it, there's it's great that he's gotten these you know buffs to his profile, and he's always been quite a good character. But the fact that he is that only larger hero in the list, I, I actually think they factored Malbeth into his his cost as well. I think, or maybe not so much his cost as the way that his profile is like. The fact that he is going to have the 5-plus save, they haven't made him too tanky, I think, because of that, in a way. Um, it's, it's also worth pointing out now, the army bonus is 
Protect the King. Friendly Arnor models automatically pass Courage Tests while within six inches of Arvadui. That, in particular, makes Arvadui incredibly useful if you're taking a pure or a green alliance with Arnor. Alright, uh, shall we move on to uh, the, the man I just mentioned, Malbeth the Seer. Kylie, could you walk us through Malbeth? Alright, Malbeth the Seer. I have a love-hate relationship with this guy. So we'll dive into his profile. He's 70 points, and for 70 points you get the Man, Arnold, Infantry, and Bureau keyword. He is a hero of fortitude, so just the 12 dudes there. He has a movement of 6, fight value of 3, with a shoot value of 4+. plus. He has strength 3, defense 4, with... Just the single attack, but he does have two wounds and courage five. For Might, Will, and Fate, he has one, two, one, respectively. And for Wargear, he carries a trusty staff. Unfortunately, not a staff of power, but a staff nonetheless. For heroic actions, he has heroic resolve, which can be useful in a pinch against a lot of spellcasters, particularly if you're up against uh, Barrowites and the like. And his signature special rule is the Gift of Foresight, which is an active special rule. Every time a friendly Arnold model within six inches of Malbeth suffers a wound, roll a d6. On the roll of a 5+, the wound has been prevented exactly as if a fate point has been expended. Note that if this roll has failed, hero models may still use their fate points as normal. Yeah, incredible little uh, defensive buff to the the entire army list um, outside of uh, the the well, one of the warrior options. But uh, yeah, Timmy, I, I think you've had a lot of experience with Malbeth, haven't you? Yeah, yes. Well, as I said, I've played Arnold for for quite a number of years, and yeah, you, you almost always include Malbeth because he. He's like the trick of the list. He's the, it's the kind of the special thing you get if you take Arno is that you get this special save with from Melbeth, and um, he's definitely it's definitely very useful. And but it can of course you know with any kind of roll something where uh, you're rolling it can it can depending on your rolls it can go either way. But like if you're doing lots and lots of rolls of saving. Uh, wounds, it eventually will uh, kind of even out that you actually do kind of get a fair more amount of models kind of still on the board because of it. Okay, so Melbeth's interesting because he does prophecy. He's got two main prophecies. His first one is the uh, the Last King one. So he basically calls Arvadui Last King and and says that, that uh, it's going to be Arnold's going to disappear after that. So it's interesting he gets a save when he predicts it, the, the downfall of the, the kingdom. And his second prophecy is about the, the paths of the dead. It basically says uh, Aragorn will go through the paths of the dead. So these are the things that, that he predicts. And for some reason, that turns into giving a, a five plus save to every friend around him. It's like, I assume that's just multiple prophecies. He's just generating a prophecy every time someone attacks. It's just like, watch out, that sword's going to go through you. Watch out, that arrow's going to go through you. But it's just, it seems really odd from a story point of view. What do we think there? Yeah, I don't think, um, prophecies historically, and I say historically, I mean in in fiction, (laughs) don't don't usually uh, end up saving anybody. They really just predict what's going to happen, don't they? Yeah. So, (laughs) so you can't just say, hey, you're about to get shot by an arrow and then your prophecy doesn't come true. Didn't, didn't it prove that you're not a seer then if they didn't die from an arrow? 
I don't know. There's there's a little bit of semantics around that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that that's that's one thing, and that's a, the story behind it. But my issue from a gameplay point of view, it feels like a scenario special rather than a, an actual points match special because it's so boring. You just sit there with him. You're parking behind your army list, and you don't have to do any thinking whatsoever. It just happens. And that I, I have a problem with models that, that do that, especially when it's such a, a big bubble. There's no resources. There's no thought into it, really. And, and Tim, you could correct me if I'm wrong, and, and maybe it does take lots and lots of thought to park Melbeth behind your army, but it just feels a bit a bit lazy. <laughs> well, I don't, it doesn't take a lot of thought to park him behind your army, but it does take a lot of thought to keep him out of harm's way because you've got to, you know... You want to get him in there, getting the maximum range on as many guys as you want, but then you want to keep him protected so that they, you know, someone can't come through with a heroic combat or flying creature and just like nab him. So you do have to put a bit of the thought into getting him in just the right position where he's getting as many guys as you can, but he's also protected from uh, anything that else might be going on in the other army. So. Yeah, I think I think it is it is simple from that respect. But when you if you really want to get the most out of him, you do have to put a bit of thought into it to to really make sure that um, you're protecting him. Because that's as an opponent against him, that's the first thing you're going to go for is Melbeth. You want to try and take Melbeth out. Yeah, I agree with Timmy on this one. It was true ten years ago. It's true now. The Melbeth has target priority number one on his head. He walks around with a giant signpost that says "Kill me, kill me now," and that's pretty much what your opponent's going to be trying to be doing from turn one, especially if they have uh, shenanigans afoot, such as uh, you know a cheeky compel from a sorcerer, or maybe even a fly special rule, or even a spider special rule. Yeah. Cavalry too can get in around the back and threaten him, and if he's threatened. Uh, Arnold, Arnold gets a bit uh, a bit worried once uh, someone gets into their back line. They do not like it when people get into their back line. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I think I, I agree with the point about um, it being a little bit boring, but for your opponent, it can be one of those sort of mini missions throughout the game, you know, where you kind of... Uh, part of your victory condition is you're probably going to need to kill Malbeth to stop all of, you, all of his guys just dodging all your attacks. So... I don't mind it from that perspective, but um, yeah, it can be one of those kind of rules, can't it? Kind of the shade effect. I I've, uh, I do have a question for particularly for Jeremy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you would you prefer if Gift of Foresight worked in the same way as Elrond's Foresight points? A hundred percent. I think anything that that involves a bit more choice and something special about the army. And and look, if you really wanted to save in the army, which I don't particularly like, I, I think it's 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 not my favorite thing in the world. But I would definitely definitely be a fan of having um, some something that's a bit more proactive because it's just it's just very passive. And I get Tim's idea that you have to put like four guys around him so you can't charge him. But I personally have never found that much of a problem. And I feel like for an army that, that has very, very little, it's got the two named characters, I think I would like it to be much more uh, a proactive, uh, gamey type thing where instead of something just passive where you just, just park and, and not even to the point where like a shaman, you cast a spell. This guy, you don't even cast a spell. You don't, a sap wheel doesn't do anything to him. There, there's, you shut it down by killing him and you kill him by getting through a wall of Arnold guys, which you're trying to do anyway, really. So it's a, it's a pretty, pretty passive thing. I really like Kylie's idea of, at foresight points, who knows? Maybe maybe foresight mechanic being the same, but I just he, he just doesn't. I, I would like him to be so much more. He's such a cool looking model. Like the the fact that you got something different, you got a nice one. 
he's got a very interesting storyline, and then he gets a he's almost a token really in the the army. You just place him down, and then you get an effect around it. It feels it feels a little bit weak. It doesn't feel like a the the interaction that I'm used to in the game. It, it really comes back to those points we made in in our critique episode where we were sort of talking about what makes games fun, why we want to play. And, uh, and all about player agency, you know, and, and why games are interesting and that sort of thing. And, yeah, having something where you just sort of sit it on the board, it has an effect around it, and that's all that it does, really. It's just kind of, yeah, not, not our uh, biggest thing that we're favourite. Not my favourite thing, but, but thing. it's a good yeah. model. And I'm not arguing that it's not good. I, I definitely think it's a good model. And if you take it, you're almost always getting value out of it. So I, I think it's a good model in terms of game play ability value whatever you want to call it i just think it's a boring model fair enough jeremy fair enough all right jeremy why don't you bring us into uh the next model in the army list the captain of arnold Mm, this one's definitely not boring because you get all the options in the world for this army so the captain of arnold for 55 points is a man from arnold an infantry hero and a hero of fortitude so this art model never leads an alliance will never go off without avondui always needs him as a babysitter won't act on his own initiative but will lead arnold troops his movement six he's got a fight of five and a four plus shoot value which you might use strength of four defensive seven very very nice there two attacks two wounds courage three not so nice courage three but that's a bit of a theme that we'll go on to a bit uh, for the other models. Uh, might will a fate two one one as normal for a captain. Heavy armor, sword, shield as your war gear, and heroic march as your action. So march is, is always nice for an infantry army. It's nice to have a captain. And this guy you're pretty much taking almost every time. Uh, you can swap your shield for a bow. So you retain your sword, you retain the feather in your cap, you retain your armor, but you swap out your shield for a bow, which is definitely a tempting option because you've got that four plus to shoot value and two points of might that could help you out. And you hate Agmar. Like most players who don't play Agmar, you have a hatred for Agmar, which is quite useful. Uh, Captains of Arnold, what I really like about them is that fight five is a really nice number for a captain. It means that you can pretty much go toe-to-toe with most other captain line heroes and come out ahead. So I like that. Shield's a really good option because you can get four attacks if you want to tank. It's a, I just find it a very useful leader. Tim, what do you think about the Captain of Arnold? Yeah, I think the, the Fight 5 is is the really nice thing about him. And given that you don't, like we said, Avadu is the only real big hero you have in the list, just having something something else there that has a higher fight and is able to kind of, you know, go toe-to-toe with some of those bigger heroes is, is really nice. So, yeah, I think that kind of stands him apart from kind of normal captains you get in some other lists. Um, but yeah, other than that, he's just pretty generic captain that, that you know, works well with uh, the, the Arnor uh, list and the, the troops that you can take. And yeah, I think pairs really nicely with the Warriors of Arnor, um, making, you know, creating a bit of a shield wall there with him at the front. It's, yeah, it works really well. Yeah, look, the Fight 5 captains are always good. I think that's always a great option. It's, I think, the only heroic march in the list. I don't think the other two had it, did they? No. Nope. Correct. Only so, heroic, uh, march. Heroic, yeah. heroic march, very, very important, as we've discussed in the past. So, yeah, a, a crucial model, and I think you probably take one in just about every single Arnor force. Mm, it's almost down to how many you're going to take. Are you going to take one, or are you going to take two or three? Whatever. Mm. Mm, I, 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 I love these guys. I wish you still had the... Uh, Dunedain in the list to be able to combo them because the Captain of Arnor and 
Adunadine slash Ranger of the North used to be the best friends. Like, you could do some really funky, like, chaining of heroic actions with those two and, and get them to do kind of these little hit squad missions. They're, they were absolutely fantastic about it. So I'm a little disappointed to see that, but as as both of you, uh, sorry, all three of you have, because we now have a, a guest on the podcast today, as, as you've all said, they are very, very handy and... Yeah, they they absolutely love anything uh, troop related that is fight for or less because they will they will cut through you know your Urukais, your uh, your Haradrim and and all those kind of really squishy troops. Well, not squishy troops. That's that's the thing. They are, they do go against those elites. So throwing them into elite troops is is gold because you can put this guy into a couple elite troops if you if you want to win the fight, spend the might like without a doubt, and then chop up those those exactly what you mentioned those Urukai berserkers and those. Um, any Harrod stuff that's really nasty or all those sort of friends because they can cause a problem for your Defense 6 guys. You have the, you know there's elite uh, infantry that have Strength 4 or um, like those choppy swords from the Harajim or anything like that. This guy is your go-to to, to take care of those. That's where, that's where the Fight 5 really comes into it, isn't it? Because so many of those elite troops are at Fight 4. Fight five is just a massive advantage to have, particularly against like the the uh, strength four fight four troops. He's very good at dealing with. Same with like the captains of Delamroth. Um, these guys are just like th- that's that's what sets the, the the fight five captains apart from everything else. Is they're just that that just enough better, like just has the stats in the right uh, parts of their profile to absolutely just you know take them take them over their knee and just spank them. Yeah, having said that, they do only have Courage 3, which is one of the lowest uh, Courage values for a captain in the game. It's it's up there with goblins. So, uh, while you're ignoring that with Arvadui's rule, sure, um, that's not necessarily always going to be the case, you know, towards the end of the game. Um, So, it could become an issue for them, and you kind of have to be careful about that. It also makes it really tough for them to charge terrifying stuff if they're not near Arvadui. Yeah, but I, I think you, you'll be playing around that anyway. If, if they're playing off on a flank, you're probably not going to be committing all your resources too quickly, and you'll, be, you'll probably have some other strategies around dealing uh, dealing with that. Um, and let's be honest, if if, if you've got Arvadui or something else that gives you Fearless on the table, these Captains of Honor are going to be pretty much hugging hugging them for most of the game and, and getting that. I don't think it's as big a problem as... You guys are making it out to be, particularly with the addition of Warhorns from the Hobbits. Hey, 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 don't bring I, us into this. It was just mad. I, I wasn't making it out to be a big problem. But it's just an issue, you know? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go through this in No Thine. Uh, no, sorry, keep it secret. We'll go through it and keep it secret because uh, getting, getting around the courage uh, slight downside is definitely the, the Arnold players, uh, one mm. of the big problems that they have. All right, so let's move on to the first of our warrior profiles. Uh, Tim, would you mind leading us uh, in, in this profile? Yep, yep. So we have the Warrior of Arnor. They're eight points. Uh, movement value of six inches. Uh, we've got a fight value of four, which is very nice. Uh, with four plus shoot value. Strength of three. Defense of six. Uh, one attack, one wound. And, of course, I mentioned Courage 2, which is a, a bit uh, quite low for uh, a normal warrior. Uh, they have heavy armor, a sword, a spear, and a shield. That's another interesting thing about them is that they come with shields and spears built into the profile. 
but you can swap that spear and the shield for a banner. Uh, and they, of course, they also, like the other models we already mentioned, have the hatred for the Agmar. So, yeah, the, the one thing I, I noticed straight away is that, yeah, the fact that if you want to take a banner, you have to ditch the shield, which is one thing I don't, don't like uh, very much at all. It doesn't mean you don't have to convert the model up, which is nice. But yeah, their, their banner bearers are literally just doing the banner, which honestly, I feel like that's what most people's banners should be doing. I feel like it takes a lot of effort to hold a banner that you probably don't want to be frontline troop or or, or even middle line troop with it. But you're right, that is that is a big disadvantage. But these guys are absolute value, aren't they? Eight points for a spear, a shield, and fight for defense six guy. This this is great. Mm. What's, what's actually, just as a aside, what's really interesting about that too is... When you uh, pick up the banner, you don't lose your equipment when you pick up the banner if the original guy with the banner dies. So you, in theory, can still get your spear and shield uh, banner bearer if you pick it up after the original banner bearer has died. Yeah, that's right. You could go and um, put a warrior of Arnor with spear and shield on the shore of a river. Uh, you take your banner bearer, you lie him down in the river... Fail a swim check. Move and Melbeth there away. There you go. There you go. Your um, <laughs> your, your banner has a spear and a shield now. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, yes. It's one way of doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, that actually has happened to me in some games. The banner has died and then... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I thought you yeah. meant the intentionally drowning your models. No, but, no, but no, not, okay. not intentionally not drowning it, but okay. yes. Good, good. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's an idea that I will, I'll keep in the back of my mind. <laughs> you, you answer, Matt, you've broken the code for Arnold. You just go lie them all in the river. Yep, that's it. That's it. But uh, yes, that's how I've won all my games. They, they're very nice. They're very nice uh, models. And and having a, both a shield and a spear, so defense six uh, for only eight points uh, makes them very good value. You get a very cheap, or quick shield wall there where you can. Um, you can chuck them in any formation. You can go in either direction; doesn't matter. They're still going to be able to support. So they're very, they're very nice for for that kind of play where you you have them in a comp, but uh, yeah, you can turn whichever way you want, and it's not gonna it's not gonna break formation at all. Yeah, and because your heroes aren't too expensive, you end up with a pretty spammy list because eight points is quite cheap for your basic troop. Yeah, and and I mean we'll get into the list later, but I feel like. The numbers for Arnor is is a definite strength. Mm, mm. Yeah, you're yeah. basically paying paying a, a cheap, just a slightly above horde price for for what in most armies will be an elite troop profile. So you definitely do get really good quality infantry, and that includes the next guy as well. Hey, hey, hang on a sec, hang on a sec. Time out, time out. I I feel like you guys aren't singing the Warrior of Arnor's praise enough here because these guys are absolute tanks. Like they are so good for their like points value like i feel like you're not really honing on the fact that the defense six with a five plus save that like that that's that's old fury levels of stupid like these guys are are so good at holding up delaying and particularly uh neutering enemy heroic combats these these guys are way better than you guys have kind of let them on to be did you listen to us, Kylie? i don't think anyone said a single bad thing about it yeah but i, I, I didn't <laughs> yeah, feel the like only I, bad thing 
<laughs> didn't feel the hype from you guys. Like these. The only bad thing I said is that I I don't th- I don't like that they can't get a shield with a banner. Like that's that's hardly <laughs> a big big ba- uh, bad thing for them. But I will yeah. say this. I will say this. You put them next to an Easterling, and you really get a good idea of the value of them. Mm. Oh no, they're they're they're. they're pretty much better value and and you've tried to pay for that in courage and yeah and then they the person designed the armor just said yeah let's get a get our jail free card and fix the courage it's yeah nice and easy hmm. that's it that's that's the arnold list in a nutshell yeah. um <laughs> jeremy do you want to go over our last profile here the uh the oh, second, sorry, last, second profile. last profile yeah absolutely My bad. Absolutely. Uh, the so, ranger of arnold the ranger of arnold so this adds some interest to the army because this gives you your, your shooting option you notice how the last one didn't have any bows and kylie i'm just reading out the profile now i'm not talking it up or talking it down so the Ranger of Arnor for eight points, again, good price, is a man Arnor infantry warrior. It's exactly what you think from a Ranger. So the, the fight of 4-3+, plus. it's a very good elite Ranger profile uh, for the fight value. Strength of 3, defense of 4, attacks 1, wounds 1, courage 3. Courage 3 is surprisingly handy in this list, especially if you're working on the flanks. And then you've got your war gear, just your armor, sword, bow. Sword just means you, you can swap out a hand weapon if you want later on for a point. And you get an option of a spear, which is a pretty common choice because with these guys, you often find that they're, they're hiding behind the warriors of Arnor because their defense is significantly lower. So you don't want them front line. And if they're in the back line, give them a spear. Why not? So they often have more spears than you actually have models for. So the plastic set comes with, what, a third spear? And you often end up needing more than that or just use the spear models. Yeah, I have quite a few converted uh, ranges of uh, Arnor with spears uh, in my collection because, yeah, I, I don't think I ever take them without the spear unless unless I'm trying to fit maybe one more model in to the army because of points or whatever. But you, you basically always want to take them with a spear. So then, yeah, you can just stick them behind your shield wall there and... And, and not worry about them. Yeah, absolutely. There's not too much to say about them, really, are there? They're, they're a ranger. They do ranger things. Um, the fight for is not particularly beneficial in this list, but it you know it doesn't hurt having all your army fight for. Uh, courage, yeah, as Jeremy mentioned, is really nasty. And, oh, nice, sorry. <laughs> really nasty, nasty courage. No, the rest of them have nasty courage. And, uh, yeah, three plus bows. What can, what more do you need, you know? Oh, uh, with, with, uh, woodland creature would be nice. It's, it's a bit... Oh, get out of here, Kylie. You If you look at the rangers of Gondor, they can get woodland creature now. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the black well, rod archers get, you know, mountain dweller. That's, that's one thing I was a little bit disappointed about when the new rule set came out, that the, the rangers aren't all basically are copy-paste from the rangers of Gondor, and now the rangers of Gondor can get little other perks with the different lists they're in, and... And I, I was a little bit disappointed they didn't, like, now that they're separate, actually a separate profile, that they didn't change them up a bit and, like, yeah, maybe reduce their courage so it fits with the rest of the list but make them cheaper, you know. Something like that might have been nice, but they're still just, they're just rangers and it's like, courage, okay, whatever. Courage to <laughs> fight five could have been. Cool. <laughs> no, 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 no human all. should be the same fight. <laughs> that, 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 actually, I, I agree with you there, Timmy. It would have been nice for them to diversify the uh, profile a little bit more than what they have. Yeah, no, I think so. they've got the Arnor keyword, guys. Oh, you look, see that? they're five plus Ooh. save. Yeah, but they didn't even give them the hatred of Arnor, which is they just don't, they just kind of don't have the other things that the Arnor list has that make them Arnor. So they just kind of don't really feel Arnor. They just feel like Rangers of Gondor that are called Rangers of Arnor. Mm. Hmm. That's very true. That's pretty much what they are. So. No, no, not pretty much. That is what they are. 
No, no, no. It says in the name Ranger of Arnor, so clearly they're not. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got the Melbeth save. That's the main difference because they've got oh, the yeah. Arnor. I suppose keyboard. that can be handy in shooting wars as well. Yeah, and, and the auto pass carriage around Avadui as well. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so eh, that's <laughs> yeah. But like, honestly, most uh, uh, well, not most, but a lot of armies would kill to have the shooting option of, of a Ranger of Arnor. Well, uh, most armies would kill to have these here. infantry options. Like these, these are yeah. these are good infantry options, and but that's all you have in Arnor. That's that's the the uh, the interesting thing about them is that that you've got excellent options, but but almost nothing else. Like you, you just that's your choice. Yeah, yeah, not not a lot of um, variety. Yeah. Mm. All right, let, let's move on to the last profile, and I'll swing it over to Timmy again. So, uh, Tim, if you want to jump over to the final profile, which I think is what is it, page twenty-two? Yep. Yep, I've yep. got it up here ready because I'm very excited that Ooh, Hobbits okay. are back in the Arnold list. Hobbit archers for five points. Uh, they are Hobbit, they are an infantry, and they are a warrior. Uh, they have a movement of four inches, of course, because they're just Hobbits and uh, they don't walk very fast. Uh, they have a fight two, but a shoot value of three plus, which is very nice to have. Uh, Shoot value three plus strength two because they're again hobbits, so uh, a bit weaker. But defense three, one attack, one wound, three courage, which again is nice in the Arnold list to have that uh, slightly higher courage than everything else. Their war gear is a dagger and a short bow, uh, but they can also get a war horn for 30 points, which is a very uh, good addition as we'll talk, probably talk about it in a minute, and their special rules are resistance to magic, and as they're hobbits, they, of course, can pick up stones and throw them for a range of eight inches with a strength of one. Which you're not going to do with these guys, because if you're standing no, no. still, you're yeah. going to shoot the bow. So that that's yes. pretty well irrelevant unless someone like breaks your war gear. Yeah, yeah. No, they, you, you never throw stones with them. You always got them hanging back, shooting their bows, and if they're not shooting their bows, you're probably going to... You know, you need them for a few extra bodies, so you're going to throw them into the fight. So they're either going to do one of those two things. Yeah, they're they're a big downgrade on the the um the ranges of Arnold, though. You've got a fight value of two, which is nowhere near as nice as the fight value of four. You've got the lower strength, you've got the lower defense. You don't have a spear option, but you do have that warhorn option. And I feel like this is the the part that a lot of people think they're really clever with the Arnold list. They're like, oh, we got lower courage. If I just put this guy in, that totally fixes the one weakness of the army. And and they're, they're kind of right, aren't they? They're, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good option. I have to say, when I first saw that they you, you could get Hobbit Archers again and you could get the Warhorn, yeah, that's precisely my thinking. I was like, <laughs> yay, courage is fixed. This actually makes it a not bad army to take now. So, yeah, it's definitely something to consider taking, if not almost an auto-take, really, is a Hobbit with a, a Warhorn. It just gives you that a big boost of courage just means you can deal with terrifying things a bit easier you're not running away so quickly if you break and and things like that yeah correct me if i'm wrong i and please i i know you will correct me i think the the addition of plus one courage to courage two and courage three is actually the the best value in terms of adding extra courage yes i I think it's like the highest percentage increase right so that that's yeah Mm. for an army like this yeah absolutely amazing 
Oh, definitely there. But I also, I wish it was a little bit more thematic. Like, I don't have a problem with the idea that you can get a signal horn. Like, that one, I personally don't take it a lot because I actually like the fact that Arnold has low courage and I think that's characterful. But I totally get why people would take it. I just wish you couldn't just drop one hobbit with a signal horn in. It just seems weird that you just get that, the one all-star hobbit. So I feel like it should be, like, for every five hobbits or something like that, you can drop a signal horn in just to Mm. give you some representation. That's my only real issue with it. What yeah. I reckon would have been nice for the list as well is if you had um, uh, an unnamed Hobbit profile, like a little civic leader or something like mm. that, that you could... Uh, Arnold could take Hobbits, but they could only have Hobbits being led by a Hobbit hero. And maybe you throw some militia in there or something as as well. That could be uh, also interesting to have some militia kicking around. But overall, I actually don't mind the Hobbit archer in the, in, in the list because it allows you to macro out more models in your army list like it is not uncommon to you know play a, a 750 point game and get Arnold up into the high high 40s like 45 46 even even possibly even up to 50 models in an Arnold list because you have the hobbit archers well, the list I've, I've written we'll talk about later yeah has over 50 so but yeah i i agree with you kylie about the i would have loved there to be like a, a little hobbit uh hero in there I've actually uh, converted up a, a, a Pippin Citadel Guard model to to look like a, a ranger, uh, to look like a, a Arnold warrior, and have used that as a proxy as a captain of Arnold leading hobbits. Uh, just for <laughs> a bit more, more theme there, is as you got your, your captain leading leading the the hobbits, you know, the the, the hobbit that's gone to Arnold and you know maybe got a bit teched up and then gone back and got his buddies and has helped out, gone to help out the battle at Fornos. So, yeah, I would have liked that little bit more theme in the list, but I, I do I do love me some hobbits in this list. So, it, And, that, yeah, that's one of their main purposes, really, is you can just get some pretty decent archers for really, really cheap, and you can just spam them out in the list. Mm-mm. When does it become value, though? Like, obviously, just a couple is not going to make a huge difference, but how many do you take, Tim? Do you, do you take, like six or do you take like 10 or what are you doing yeah i probably would take yeah, at least six or so depending on the points value but yeah i would i would try and get at least five and six in in a list even at like you know 500 points well well look at it this way uh jeremy 10 hobbit archers are 50 points and for the same price you can get five ranges of armor yeah yeah okay well you could also like for 10 hobbit archers plus a signal horn is um what's that, that, that that's gonna be 80 points isn't it and then um, 10, 10 ranges of Arnold will also be the same price. So I guess it's a, a straight swap for those two, and, and you get the one-plus courage, and you get significantly weaker troops, and it might not be that straight swap. But, yeah, I, I tend to I tend not to have them. I find that they were, uh, like, if I do take them, I take a couple for flavor, but I don't tend to take them just to maximize the numbers. I prefer to go for the ranges of Arnold options but i i do like that it's in the list and i don't think any of us here are upset that it's in the list and um i i think it's a little bit uh an easy option to fix the courage but that's that's okay like that's what points matches are about isn't it you gotta you gotta find some option to to overcome some of your weaknesses and and there's still a model on the table it's like mm. the your opponent can still neutralize that seek out the hobbit kill it knock down your courage you know oh absolutely yeah so it's again it's kind of like you know you now have got two things you need to protect you've got melbeth and the hobbit and so it it gets a little bit trickier there you know now melbeth doesn't um save the hobbits does he 
No, that's that's another thing. They do not have the Arnold keyword, which is a little bit disappointing. Uh, but I guess it's it is thematic, I guess, because then they're, they're technically you know from a different realm. They're just you know they're neighbors to Arnold, or kind of part of Arnold, but they're their own thing, and they're just coming along to help. So they're not really part of the army. They're just coming. They're just extras coming along to help. So it kind of makes sense there, but. It, it does mean that once you get your hobbits, if you have to get your hobbits into the fight, then, yeah, they're going to probably die pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add about hobbits, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think they they do hobbit things, and, uh, it's, yeah, it's nice to pad out the list a bit, but probably preferable to have rangers most of the time. Okay, uh, well, I think we've covered everything there and uh, in some detail, so good work, everybody, and you know what? We'll move right along to our next section. Uh, let's keep it not so secret right now. Timmy, can you lead us off with your sort of basic idea of how the Arnold list works? What are your sort of formations? What do you do with the models at your disposal? Well, yeah, it's 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 a pretty um, uh, simple kind of list to kind of get your head around because you've you've basically got yeah your two main heroes, Avaduri and uh, Melbeth. And then, of course, you've got your warriors of Arnor, and you basically want to, where you can, keep them together uh, into in a bit of a formation, uh, a bit of a shield wall, if you will, even though they don't have that rule. And um, uh, yeah, and you want to, you can basically kind of uh, just kind of send your your warriors in uh, in a bit of a formational line, and they can they can hold pretty well on their own as long as you've got. Uh, a Melbeth there, like I mentioned when we talked about Melbeth, you want to try and keep him uh, in a good position that covers as many of your warriors as possible. But then, of course, you know you, you don't really want him to get into combat at all ever, uh, unless you're desperate towards the end. You just want to keep him in position where you can. Uh, he's protected behind your line, but he's getting a range on on all your warriors. And then, yeah, you can kind of put a uh, Abadui in there and um yeah kind of get Abadui in where you know using his three attacks to the best advantage uh taking out uh uh troops where you can and then of course you know he might be able to go up against a, a bigger hero if, if you need him to for me it's it's about trying to yeah keeping keeping them together as as one formation as much as possible of course there's scenarios where you do have to might have to split up a bit but I find, yeah, they really do work best when you're able to have that kind of single formation, maybe even, you know, find a few choke points on the board where you can kind of form a bit of a, a wall uh, that your enemies, you know, not really going to get through because you got you get that strength six, uh, sorry, defense six and, and Melbeth saves. Um, yeah, it can be a real roadblock to just kind of hold and just sit in an area and just, just hold it. So what kind of tactics then do you think you need to use when there's something that you actually need to take, when you need to move into position, you know? 
rather than just, you know, sitting with your back against the wall and you're shooting around the sides and fine and dandy, what if you need yeah. to go somewhere, Tim? Yeah, well, that's where it, it can get a bit a bit trickier for this list, I think. This is where taking your captain can be really useful because your captain, of course, uh, has march. And if you've got a captain, it's often uh, in those situations where you do have to bit more, you do want to kind of keep him with you can one option is you can keep him with the the kind of clump and you can kind of give them all that that march uh to try and get where you need to go a bit quicker some other options though if you you maybe you know in scenarios like domination where there's multiple objectives and stuff like that the one option is you can possibly split the force uh kind of with uh Arvidui on one side melbeth uh on the other uh, and, uh, you know, you have to be careful, I guess, about where you send each side, but you can kind of use the kind of the three attacks and, and uh, might of Avadui to kind of help you out there with that comp, and then the other side can kind of get by with just Warriors of Arnor uh, because you have Melbeth there and you're able to kind of, you know, then do some more pincer movements or, you know, wrap around to try and get, you know, traps and things in, in that way. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like, you know, it's a, it's a pretty tricky army to use in that kind of situation. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, anything else to add for, for from Jeremy or Kylie? You guys got yeah, anything so to add to? I mentioned, I heard what Tim say you never want to get Melbeth in combat. And I've just got one example of when, when you kind of do. And the way I use Melbeth is probably a little bit different to you, Tim, because mm. I'm not the biggest fan of Melbeth. Melbeth, whenever he goes into my list, which he does, he does at times, like, re- mm. like he's, he's, he's good. I find he is one of the best uh, bait pieces in the game because, mm. as you say, your opponent really wants to get rid of him. They, they want to. So leaving it somewhere, leaving him on the side or, or with a, an area where someone can possibly break through. So sometimes I put him in a little uh, encircled part of the list uh, in, the, in the army with the warriors there and just sort of bait someone into heroic combat into him. And I'll happily trade him for, like, a leader or a really valuable hero. So I, I find that... that um, if you do want to get into combat, make sure you're trading up. Make sure you're trading something good for him. But I'm I'm a big fan of that, and I've used it quite a lot when I've played for my Arnold list because I don't actually mind if he goes and dies because my dice don't have fives and sixes on them. So it rarely comes up that I need to use the the actual save. But he is very valuable as a little baiting piece to to, to basically put people out of position because if they can go for the kill, they'll go for the kill on him and that, they'll feel really good about themselves. And then you go and, and encircle with the trap. So I just wanted to add that in as a little corner case tactic. Yeah, that that's a valid point. And I think, you know, I, there have been occasions where, yeah, I, I have like kind of, Use Melbeth a bit of bait and he's gone into combat, and then I've used that to get around other things. But my, yeah, generally my tactic is try and keep him out of the way, just keep him there for that five plus, basically. I think there's one tactic that we haven't really touched on, and it's it's one that I like to call the wall. It's it's basically taking a. Uh, um, you can talk about a shield wall, Kylie. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a very different kind of wall. It basically the front, spears at the back, yeah. Uh, it's basically <laughs> taking two captains and Navadui, or three captains if you have access to them, and abandoning your entire army from them. So have your army, go off, do something, and then using these three heroes as your obligatory role. So you stick Melbeth within six inches, you park them in a gap, 
And then you have them basically walk into multi-models, two models at a time, and then just shield. Because one of the, the biggest redeeming features of Arnor is their ability to just absolutely stay in a single spot long past their use-by date. So being able to buy tempo for the rest of your army, especially if you're splitting it off and doing horde things, can buy you the time you need to be able to win games and grind out your opponent. I love when Kylie comes up with his new tactics. <laughs> I, I think I, I actually love it. I know I'm not being, even being facetious. I absolutely love that. That's really cool. Mm. That one, uh, Kylie, I find that I, I actually don't like the idea of shielding on it. I prefer to just have a couple warriors of Arnor at the back just to fill gaps, but also to spear support because I find it really valuable to have them as an offensive threat when you do that. And I, that is is a tactic that, that I know I've used with, with multiple captains because I, I do tend to lean on the captains more even than than Melbeth, and that, that idea of just having Arvind Dewey and the captains, or even just a couple captains, holding up a gap and just grinding, it means that, that your opponent has to make a choice whether they, they keep feeding them stuff to hold them back, and they often do that, or whether they, they totally abandon that point, which is not necessarily a bad thing either. And you're right, because you've got so much warriors there, they can they can act fine without their captains if they want to just go and, and encircle and trap and move around. And that's particularly good in those... Um, like a, a reconnoiter type scenario where you're simultaneously defending and attacking to have just a few key models that are, are basically making choke points while numbers of models go just run forward at full speed can, can be quite useful. So I, uh, I take back my, my sneering at the start of this. I think that's a good tactic. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, I, I, I was kind of, uh, kind of pleased with that one too. Oh, I was just going to say, because that, that durability uh, factor that we were talking about as well can actually be really good to bait your opponent into calling heroic combats that they might not be able to pull off. There's been a couple of times I, I have, when playing against Arnor, where I have fallen into the trap to call heroic combats in situations where I think, oh yeah, my I've got my big nasty hero... He's in combat with a single warrior of Arnor, or maybe uh, he's charged into two. You need to be really careful when you're calling her combats against Arnor, because because of that Melbeth save, they can absolutely just block you and just hard deny you from uh, calling uh, uh, combat. Particularly if you're infantry, like uh, I think Urukai are a good example. Uh, they don't really have many rerolls uh, behind them. They most of their heroes are only two or three attacks so they're actually susceptible to botching maybe only getting one wound through maybe only even two wounds through can be uh low enough for that the the melbeth fave to come through and block out a, a really crucial heroic combat that could have won them the game it's a great point i i remember back when the uh the old fury used to also grant a, a five plus save when it was channeled i absolutely hated uh calling heroic combats against it because it would always fail same with um uh, what's his name? Uh, Groblog, is it? Did yeah. He plus save or something? Yeah. yeah. Oh, just so annoying. Yeah, there's, there's definitely been multiple occasions where I have Melbeth save two or even three wounds on a single warrior uh, to stop, yeah, a horror combat or, or uh, a critical kind of combat being uh, done. So, yeah, you know, that's, of course, a bit more unlikely being a five plus, but it definitely does happen and it just, that extra uncertainty definitely can can help in blocking your opponent. 
And that means that the captains can do incredible tanky work on, like, uh, you know, their strength for enemy heroes, even ones with multiple attacks. Just put a captain's shield with the captain, have the, the Melbeth and the Spearman, or what, no, you know, the Spearman, but just shield against a, a big captain and just, just let them take lots of time to go through. And you can almost hold up even that, that almost Aragorn level, maybe not Aragorn, but, but that sort of level of heroes, you know, those ones that are 100 plus points for, for a lot of a game with just a captain shielding. Yeah, especially if you're willing to commit your might resource into passing some of those Malbeth Sayers, because there's nothing more frustrating than uh, thinking that you've got this kill, you've got this coup de grace off, and then suddenly your opponent drops two points of might and sits there on one wound, waving their hands, going, ah, oh, that's unfortunate, isn't it, that your hero didn't get to go where they wanted to go. Absolutely, yeah. One instance where, just to circle back to Kylie's the wall tactic, right? One instance where that might not be uh, so useful is when you're coming up against a terrifying army. And, like, this is one thing that I think probably any Arnor player has, has dreaded, is to come up against that full terror. What are the ways that this force can get around courage, uh, maybe, maybe aside from the obvious uh, Arvadui, because that's kind of teched into the list, but... um. Yeah, but what do you think, Tim? What what are the ways you get around that? Well, as we mentioned before, the Hobbit with a Warhorn is definitely uh, a big way that helps with this. Uh, yeah, if you take a, a Warhorn, then basically Yarnor guys are basically like Warriors of Minas Tirith, Courage 3, so it acts in a similar way, and you can usually get a fair few guys into Terrifying Creature. But, uh, yeah, without that, it gets uh, pretty tricky and i think that's where some of the other things that we we've just been talking about about using your heroes because they have uh, the you know arvadui always has slightly higher courage so you can you can try and and the will points to kind of help them out so you can get kind of get your heroes into the terrifying things uh to try and deal with them uh while you know you pull the warriors around uh to, to, to other things to try and take out the other army so either hold up the heroes or hold up the terrifying creatures while you deal with the rest of the things or or try and use the heroes in combination to take them out um, and you can also uh, yeah the spear using spear supports of course is is a, a no-brainer here and you know making sure that your heroes and, and the guys that you do get if you do go for getting guys into a terrifying creature, that, you know, you send one guy in and then you spear support straight away, you know, and you kind of get two for the price of one. So, but I think, yeah, sometimes when it comes to terrifying creatures, it is a matter of just kind of holding them up or keep, keeping them out of the way while you kind of deal with the with the rest of the army. Mm, I've got a bit of a tactic for this one because I'm I'm the one that I don't tend to cover up the weaknesses for for the terror a lot, so I have to deal with the courage tests at times. What I do is I make sure my formation's set up so there's a, a gap that infantry models can run through, and that way I can start taking terror tests from from anywhere in the formation, and they can still find a gap to run through to get to to where they need to go. Because what you don't want to do is bottleneck your whole force with a couple failed courage tests. You yeah. want to make sure you've got every opportunity. And when I whenever I do this, if you get say a wall of say I don't know black Numenorians or something like that, I make sure that that my guy that gets the pass charges into as many as possible. So he'll grab two guys and then I can spear support to back that up. And then if I get more in later on, I get more in later on. But just to make sure you've got that value if you need to charge. But oftentimes my tactic for when you're going against courage is just charge with no one. 
just set up your wall, set up your bowman behind them and just start pegging shots at something that they value and almost encourage them to come at you because sometimes that's enough. If, if they've got terror, just make them charge you. Terror does nothing at that point. Yeah, that's definitely definitely a valid tactic with with what I was like saying before about how you know Arnold's very good at kind of holding gaps and just being in a wall and a line. Yeah, you just set up your line, you you hold your your gap or whatever. You don't charge, and they come to you, and and then you know you're able to kind of take some things out that way because you know if they want to get through, they're going to have to charge you. So um, you can then you know use your Melbeth and use your defense six to kind of hold up against them and and hopefully throw or take them out. It's actually a really cool thing about the the design of the list in general and maybe maybe it's even unintentional but the the list of these guys the, their theme is they are the stalwarts that you know sort of stuck around in the north and they've hung on. They're not the guys that are charging out there just ready to die. They've seen too met too much of that already, but they're the guys that are sitting back in in their castles and defending to the last man, you know, and I, I think that's pretty cool. One thing that I think we haven't really touched on is setting your army to receive. So we, Timmy talked about spears, which are a really good way of actually dealing with these terror-causing armies. And part of the way you can do that is setting up formations so that every model in your list is in contact with the spear, so that no matter where your opponent does charge you, they have to go into a model with spear support. And if you make your formation tightly clustered, they're going to be really hard-pressed to get those two-on-one combats that they are looking for. And you can even take this a step further by forcing them to charge you by getting into a position where they have to move forward or dislodge you from, such as in Domination, our whole ground, where there's an objective that you have to get to. If you can use the proactiveness from your uh, your captains, march, get on the objective, and then hunker down, they're going to be forced to come at you and try to move you off the objective one way or another. So you can afford to just kind of leave yourself there with the spears, ready to receive a charge and let your opponent try and get in. Yeah, Kylie, can I add to that one? Because I, I think that you've got a good point there. When you're setting up your wall to charge as well, what I tend to do is curve it to take advantage of, of traps and things. So so I bring my center of my line backwards a little bit towards me. So when they charge in, I've got this like curved wall. So I I can always back away because my guys can easily move back, do that, do that full inch, do it in a straight line. But when they charge, if they choose to put lots of guys into my lots of guys, they end up trapping themselves on themselves because it, the, the way they have to, to curve in a bit. So I find that that's just something I do almost automatically now where I set up my lines. If I'm going to receive the charge, my center is back a little bit and my, my flanks usually anchored with, with some nice terrain or, or something else or even a hero if I don't have terrain. They're, they're slightly forward and that means that, that I get the advantage of, of the trap mechanics and, and my opponent doesn't. Mm. And and just on that as 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 well, kind of just uh, as uh, to help you with those kind of engagements too. Leverage your shooting. Arnold has some pretty decent shooting uh, with with the spam Hobbit archers and the Rangers of Arnold. Don't be afraid to set up fire bases and stuff, and and position yourself in such a way where if your opponent doesn't want to go and commit into a charge, they get hammered with shooting. And if they do, well, you've got spear supports on all your guys. They're going to have to fight you anyway. So make sure you're using your shooting in those really clever ways to force engagements because once they get into stuck in with your, uh, with your Warriors and Arnold, they are very good at grinding out enemy troops. For sure. Um, was, was there anything else that anyone wanted to add about uh, tactics around Arnold? 
Okay, so with Arnold, what I find interesting about this is you've got this middle of the third age army list. So you've got a unique allies matrix. And, and look, listeners know I'm not going to harp on about this. The allies matrix is not my favorite thing. But you've got some interesting combinations with things like elves, which are very thematic. But you've also got Misty Mountains and, and Ents and, and some other things, dwarves, to, to ally with. Things are around at the right time. But all yellow alliances. So what you're doing here is giving up the Arvindui Fearless, which is, which is a big big negative like that that's a that's a good rule so you have to think about giving it up but there are a lot of things you can add into an arnold list so can i just ask uh, i might start with tim because he's our resident expert tim have you tried allying anything of arnold well yeah it's funny you say this is just uh recently i have uh started experimenting with uh allying in some eagles from the misty mountains into the arnold list and I've been finding that this this pairs extremely well because it gives you gives you a bit of that uh, extra mobility that the list kind of lacks, uh, and it also gives you some like kind of hard hitting, you know, big monsters uh, that the list doesn't have either that you can really do some damage with and and get into big heroes and things and, and take them out. So uh, yeah, I've I've the and for me the being able to have that is like kind of counteracts the loss of the um uh the other Dewey special rule is you know it's a bummer to lose that but you kind of you now got something else like with the eagles to be able to deal with some of those terrifying things and and the yarn or can just sit there and like we've, we've said quite a bit already now just you know just be a wall and, and hold positions and you can use the eagles to kind of do the damage you need to and get to the places you need to so Mm, yeah, the, the, I've done that as well, Tim. I've been playing a, a little 500-point army with some friends, and I, I designed it so that they can actually see the courage rules for Arnold. So I, I intentionally never covered up my courage. So I've got I've got no um, no Warhorn. I've got no Arvindui Fearless rules. So if I go up against Terror, I actually, my army, I have to use some skill. But in return, I took Guahia, and it, it just adds so much to the army, doesn't it? To have a, have a, a threat that can... Mm jump behind if they're you know when you do that little tank up in a in a corner like the, the fact that mm. guahi could just jump over or an eagle could jump over the other side and just squish it on that um is huge they they have to have they have to guard against the anti-flyer formation which thins their line quite a bit it's something that you could use to grab objectives or tag objectives or or reconnoiter or assassinate it gives you so much so i do think misty mountains is a good option as well mm. i think from the thematic option i'm, I'm surprised rivendell's not green alliance yeah, oh, so am I. I, I am was shocked by that, honestly. Um, but one thing I will quickly just touch on with the with the Eagles thing is what I absolutely love about it is the fact that because you have Melbeth and that 5-plus save with the Defense 6 Warriors of Arnold, it actually, the the core of your force in the in the Warriors of Arnold, which is about 30-odd models, provides this super tanky force that buys time and buys tempo for the Eagles to do Eagle things, which I really, 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 really love. Uh, in terms of of how that interacts with with the with the rest of the army list, so I think that's that is one of the, the little gems with with the with these two uh, uh, allied contingents uh, forming a really strong cohesive bond. It also means that Avadui isn't your leader too, which is quite handy. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point because you could be much more aggressive with Avendui then, can't you? Because he's he's a pretty good offensive model. You just don't want to get him killed when he's your leader. But if you take something else as your leader, that that really does free him up for for doing offensive things and he can he can punch above his weight yeah i found with when running him with the eagles yeah i just kind of can throw him in there and and get him to do some damage uh and not worry too much about him because yeah um i've got the eagles there and and 
and Guai here is my leader, so if he dies, if he, you know, does some damage but then dies, it's not a huge loss and, and helps with, you know, what I'm trying mm. to do. One of the other options I think that uh, I think is really understated, uh, there's, well, actually, there's three. Um, we all know that Arnold has this big problem with courage, and I'm sorry, Jeremy, this is going to get a little bit list and a little bit metagamery for your tastes, but there are three more. No, 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 no. I want to hear it. I want yeah, to hear there, it. Give there me are, something there responsive. Are, uh, what I like to call the big four. These are four models that are yellow alliances that actually just completely you know, uh, circumvent that problem of the losing the Abadui army bonus. And that is Kelleborn, Kidan, Tom Bombadil, and Goldberry. All four of these models have auto-pass courage mechanics built into their profiles. Uh, Kidan and Kelleborn have the uh, aura of command, allowing all friendly models within six inches to auto-pass courage. And Tom Bombadil and Goldberry both have a three and six inch uh, auto pass courage bubble built into their profiles respectively, which can do some really interesting things when you factor in the other parts of the Rivendell and Lothlorien list and what Goldberry and Tom Bombadil provide to an army can be very, very handy for uh, models such as Avadui. I'm not upset at all about that, Kylie. I actually think they're all kind of thematic, cool options. I I'm, do not have a problem with that at mm. all. Oh. And I like that you did your research too. Thank you, thank you. But the one that I particularly uh, like if you're wanting to bring an actual army to help out the Arna is a Lothlorien list because like we said with the uh, um, be able to uh, uh, deal with the courage you can take uh, you know even a smaller uh, Lothlorien ally such as a uh, uh, a Haldir and bring in some Sentinels because the Sentinels do have their own auto pass courage uh, shenanigans uh, in their profile. Not they don't just have the move; they also have an auto pass courage spell, which can be very handy uh, to to allow you to get a couple of key charges off uh, against terror armies that you might not otherwise have. Hmm. Hmm. Solid option as well. Solid option as well. I think uh, with Arnor, if you are a keen Arnor player, uh, and Tim, Tim, please correct me if I'm wrong on this one. I think the Allies Matrix is something you look at a few times as well because you do want some variety in your play in your army because it can get get a pretty similar play style and a pretty similar game. And I think that that Allies Matrix and the Allies uh, that are available to you are a way that you can sneakily uh, make sure that, that you've got some some change into your army and you get some new life to your models because you love the models and you've you've spent a lot of money doing uh, putting uh, getting them together and you spent a lot of time painting them and you, and you like the look of it so just being able to fully utilize it and what i like about it is you get to explore uh oftentimes you're taking the the list where you don't get the big named heroes so say things like the the Khazad doom list or the the elf list you might end up just taking like one named hero that was around at the time and then some generics as well and you get to show off the the captain level models and the the other friends as well so I think the alliances are all good. Elves, Kylie's mentioned some really good ones. I think dwarves, if you want to go tanky as well, they they add to the tankiness in, in some ways. They sort of complement each other, and, and dwarves love spears, so dwarves like a bit of Arnor action. I, I haven't tried the Ents. Have you tried the Ents, uh, Kylie or Matt or Tim? But I haven't, but uh, something I've, I've been considering recently along with Eagles is, is maybe trying out the Ents. I think it could, yeah, have a similar kind of effect there. Particularly yeah. uh, Treebeard. I don't think the other Ents are too uh, too useful there, but I can see just uh, just a vanilla ally Treebeard, maybe even with the two Hobbits, 
uh, on his shoulder. No, Kylie, you can't do that. They're totally different age. Uh, well, maybe you can just say that there are, uh, you know, some wandering hobbits that uh, have decided to wake up you know, that that tree that Bombadil saves Frodo and Sam. And... So the so Treebeard doesn't know what hobbits are, but he had wandering <laughs> hobbits before. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's the uh, old, is it not, it's not old Toby. Who's the, the that tree in the Shire next to Tom Bombadil's? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. I was considering Jim West recently and whether just tossing up between eagles or ants. And yeah, I went for eagles because, yeah, the ant with Treebeard, you want to take Marion Pippin, but it just thematically does not work at all. So, <laughs> that aside. I, I think you meant, uh, Kylie, I think you meant Old Man Willow, by the way. Yes. I, I don't believe was an ant, though. No, I don't think he's an ant. I think no. he's just a big no, tree. No, no, it's oh. just a tree. Either way, I can see uh, Treebeard having a similar effect in the list because one of the things that Arnold is really good as an allied contingent is the fact that they provide tempo. So anything that you're bringing into the list will inherently get more time to do whatever they're really good at and try and win the game for you. So the ally, the the Arnold is like that 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 the solid linebacker or or the tank in your D and D party. They're not there to win the game. They're there to allow everything else that you've taken to win the game, which I think is a really uh, underrated uh, um, trait of theirs uh, as an allied contingent. And I, th- I would really love to see what the listeners can come up with uh, uh, going out there and experimenting with uh, Arna as allies. I think we should have Australian sport analogies instead of American sport analogies because <laughs> yeah, our, our US listeners are going to hate that <laughs> analogy, Kylie. I think we've got to talk about something else. <laughs> What's the linebacker? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a defender in in uh, the US football uh, gridiron one where basically they they'll go and and they're behind the the big guys who are on the line and they go and chase down whoever's got the ball and and defend space. So I don't think it's entirely that. I think they're more like the uh, the actual linemen. Yeah, whatever. I, I just said the first thing that came out of my mouth. I'll be honest, I didn't really think about that sentence. I knew the second part of the sentence that I wanted to say, which is the, the tank from D&D, but the first part, I had I had nothing to just kind of roll off the tongue. It's fascinating what happens when you, you, you talk without thinking. Yeah, I've, I've got a good story about that, actually. <laughs> Kylie, <laughs> Kylie the other day was like, oh... You know, she'd, she'd said something and I'd laughed and she said, yeah, I, I love being self, what's the word? Oh self, no, not this self, Self-defecating, is that the one? <laughs> That's very concerning. <laughs> I immediately realised what I'd said after I said it, like, I went, Excellent I was kind of like, yeah. wait. Wait, no, that's not the that's word not I'm it. looking for. It's deprecating, it's deprecating. And then Maddie's yeah. just looking at me like I've grown a, grown a second head and I went, oh, oh yeah. uh, this is going to come back to bite me in, in my ass later. And you know what? Turns out it and has. here it is. Yep. On, a, is. on an international <laughs> podcast, no less. It's all right. You're only going to really? see a few people that didn't know about it. So. All right. So we certainly weren't keeping it secret today, but uh, let's, let's move right along, I think, to our uh, next segment. Scenario Spotlight. The Rune of Arnor to kill a king. These are the last days of Arnor, the northern kingdom of Valendil's folk. 
a great and terrible foe has awoken in the land of Angmar. This fell being is known as many names, save for that given at his birth. Sorcerer, Ringwraith, Nazgul. His only purpose is the ruin of Arnor and the destruction of the Dúnedain. He is the Witch King of Angmar, first among the Nine, and the chief emissary of the Lord of the Rings. With Arnor at its weakest for many long centuries, the Witch King leads forth his armies from the foothills of the Misty Mountains. The Black Host flows through the bones of corrupt Rudar, sweeping away everything before it. In the havens of Linden and Rivendell, counsel is taken to determine how the dwindling power of the elves can best oppose this threat, yet whatever decision is reached will come too late for many in Arnor. Within days, the Witch King's army has crossed the Weather Hills and laid siege to Fornos, capital of Arnor. Fornos's defences are typical of those built by Numenor's children, towering stone walls and carefully designed bastions. Against mortal assailants, such defences would hold fast for many long months. Yet it is not merely orcs and trolls that are bound to the Witch King's will. The master of Angmar is a wraith to whom lesser spirits are bound, malicious creatures unhindered by stock and stone. At the height of the siege, many such creatures passed into the city of Fornost, seeking royal blood. So to kill a king, this is from uh, the Ruin of Arnor, which which I've it's got a lot of use for me lately. The the pages are starting to get a little bit uh, doggy-eared because I've been going back to this little book quite a bit. Now, To Kill a King has historical participants as of Arvadui, the last king of Arnor, Malveth the Seer, a captain of Arnor with shield, and nine warriors of Arnor. Now, in the picture in the book, there's one warrior of Arnor with the banner, and we, we ummed and ahed about whether we could throw a banner in for this one, and I actually don't recommend it. I think just keep it without the banner, even though the, the picture looks really cool with them all in the corner. That formation never happens in this game. It just doesn't happen. So that's just the photographer doing some nice stuff. In the evil, we've got an interesting set of participants, lots of ghosty guys. So a shade, two barrow whites, and then six specters. So the specters are your aligned combat troops. Your barrow whites are, are combat troops, but also your, your magic users. And your shade's just your, the one that holds it all together. He's your tank, but he also has his wonderful shade effect that, that helps you win some combats. Because, look, one-to-one, one one, specters versus warriors of Arnor, specters are in a bit of trouble. So they need the shade to, to make it a little bit more even. This is an old school scenario, so our objectives are pretty straightforward. Evil player wins by killing Arvadui or Melbeth. So Arvadui, Melbeth, either one. Uh, if the evil player is wiped out before this happened, the good player wins. And then they've got the, the draw condition. That's all fine. And then there's one special rule, protect the king. Arvadui's guards are determined to defend their liege. Any good model within three inches of Arvadui, excluding Arvadui, may re-roll any failed courage test for the duration of the scenario. I wish this was the army special rule. It's a really cool little bonus. It does feel effective. It's really nice, but it still means the specters can do things. So I, I like this version. I like this special rule. Uh, you've got a starting position. You, you, you're laid out on a 3x3 three three board, so it's an interesting board size already. It's ruins about the Palace of Fornost, and, and it's severely ruined in the picture, so must must be really gone. And the good player basically scatters their models, so no model with any side can be within three inches of each other for deployment. Melbeth and Arvadui have to be 12 inches away from each other, and all the models have to be in base contact with ruins. So they're in the middle of the board, all spread out. Now, turn one, they just basically gather together. So that doesn't really do a whole lot, but it does add some interest, and it means that the evil player can be a little bit opportunistic early on, because some guys won't be in the range of Arvadui's uh, little re-roll game. So this is a, a, the evil side has to play the long game in this scenario. They have to really work hard to separate the good force, take a one or two models out, 
and then protect the Barrowites. Because what we found for our playthroughs with the current rules, Arvindui is incredibly killy. So he just wants to charge into combat and just kill it all straight away. Malbeth is actually a real tank in this scenario. He's, he's, he's interesting. I like him in this scenario because he can go charge a Spectre and he's, he's one of your best defenders because the Spectres and the Barrow... Barrowites, maybe? I think uh, at least the Spectres are doing the Blades of the Dead. They're all so doing they are, Blades of the Dead. Every single, all doing Blades of the Dead. Yeah. 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 yeah, so so Arvindui is great against Blades of the Dead. Oh, no, Arvindui, oh, Arvindui is as well. Melbeth is great against Blades of the Dead, so he's, his defense is suddenly better. They wish they could strike against his armor. So if you're going against Spectres, just take your clothes off. You're all good. It doesn't matter. It's just going to go against your courage. So, so he's nice in this scenario as well, and he's got the high courage, so he can often charge really reliably, and he's very hard to spectre away. And so the evil players got all the initiative in terms of when the combats start. They they dance around, they maneuver, they they protect the Barrowites. The Barrowites don't really start doing spells unless they want to to paralyze a lone warrior that's escaped, or then when the combat started, go into Arvadui or Melbeth with the spells. But you, you're basically using your six specters to to push forward, push back, push forward, push back, move guys around, while the good side's running for you. The good side has so much might, so they always get to call heroics if they want to. But their courage is a bit unreliable. It's it's not bad, but it's a bit unreliable, especially with the the rerolls helping out, but are not perfect. And we had an absolute ball playing this scenario. Yeah, I remember the we we played it. We have I have no, I've played it under the new rules. Um, with the with the hatred and and stuff like that, I did enjoy the dynamic. It was a while ago; it, was, it wasn't recently. But one of the things I absolutely loved about the scenario is particularly the Barrowites' interaction with uh, Arvadoi and Malbeth. They're constantly looking for the, the opportunities to to put Al- Malbeth uh, on his uh, sorry Malbeth and Arvadoi on their butts so that they uh, can be killed. And you're constantly playing this kind of cat and mouse game where you. you the, Avadoui and Melbeth are trying to make sure that they're in positions where if they do go down to a paralyze, they've got mates around, they're in a position where they're probably not going to die to a spectre getting to them. But at the same time, the evil players kind of push people around and trying to get these avenues so that they can get a couple of models into Avadoui and, and, and give him the old shank while he's asleep. Yeah, I find that you don't mind if the Barrow Whites go for a paralyzed spell um, while you're not engaged because you just surround yourself with Arnold troops and then do the revival. And it's not it's not too hard to revive. You've got points of might. You've got guys around. You just have to roll a single six. So oftentimes the Barrow Whites become really cagey. What we found early on, we played it with, uh, with David and Ben at our, our local uh, club night that, that we're doing at the moment. And we played through it many times. What we found was the Barrowites really had to stay together with the Shade. So that was your fighting force. The Spectres could, could go off on their own a little bit, but eventually would come together as well. Because as soon as one of the Barrowites got separated, then the good player did everything they could to just go move, get over there, even march towards it, get towards that Barrowite that's not near the Shade and just go pick it off. Because you can kill one of the Barrowites, then the, the evil side has a really, really tough time trying to win it. They basically have to fluke it at that point. Oh, it sounds like such a chaotic, like, kind of game, like, with the deployment. Mm. So, wow, I, I, I'm I'm really interested in, like, um, maybe cranking that one out when we get a chance. Um, I think between Tim and I, we might have the participants, so maybe I can come along to one of Tim's Friday yeah. night things at um, Top Deck and we could do one. Because I definitely... Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I definitely have the, the barrel lights and the spectres. So. Play through it multiple times. Because I think if, you, if you're anything like us, we found it that the, the good side won early on and often. So they, they really have the advantage early on. The evil player has to almost play, not the perfect game, but has to have a really solid strategy. It takes a while to get used to that. But as the as it went on, we found the evil player just got better and better. And then as we as we progressed as players, the the good player had to do more and more risks because the, the evil side got better at knowing when to move guys around, which ones to go through, which ones to separate, and which ones to go after. And so, so you can we often found that, that there was maybe three uh Arnold Warriors dead before combat started. And that might have been enough, especially because the the evil side pretty much doesn't lose anything at that point. So it evens up the numbers nicely. And then if you can use your barrel whites well, you can you could uh, neutralize the two heroes. And once they're paralyzed, you just it's a field day for the barrel whites. Uh, we've had one scenario where uh, the the good player just tried to flash kill the shade and failed at it. The shade just tanked it just long enough. They they put all their might into it. They heroic combats to get all the heroes into the shade at one go. Had it trapped. Had it ready to go, and the shade went and rolled the six, and there was no might left on the good side, so they couldn't win the combat. Oh. And then it all turned wow. around. You hate yeah. to see wow. it. Like that sounds like yeah, it was yeah. a really good uh, execution move. Just maybe just got a bit unlucky with the heroic combats. Maybe they do they have to spend an extra might point or two to win a combat to get to push the captain or Avadui into the shade. There was there was a bit of uh, heroic moves before that, and and mm. um, there was. Probably, probably might was spent a little bit freely, but not like I think you would have been a proud of the maneuver, Kylie. It was, it was the classic like let's do something different and let's go flash kill the shade, and it was so close to being pulled off, and, and it would have happened without a doubt because of all the hatred of the the shade because it has the Angmar characteristics. The the three heroes and the friend spear supporting would have no trouble killing the shade. But that one turn where they did, and the Shade had already taken some wounds, I think, already at that point. The one turn that they did it, it was the turn where they ran out of might, and the Shade just fluked rolling the six straight up. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a nice story point of view and a, quite a memorable game. But this scenario, I, I do recommend Matt and Tim have a go at it because it, it was a huge amount of fun. And I think what I like about the Arnold list, probably more than... than even just playing with the points matches, the scenarios with them are really, really cool. There's that one in the the current Lord of the Rings rulebook that's really good fun, and I think this scenario is is definitely one of the better classic scenarios and one that I think I'll often come back to because it takes you nothing in terms of models to to take it there. You need some some ruins for terrain, but you don't really need like anything too spectacular. Just normal ruins work fine, and you get so much play out of it because it's one that you just want to keep trying, keep trying. It only takes an hour or less, but you just want to keep having a go at it and trying to find a way to solve it. Mm, for sure. We'll definitely check it out, hey? Yeah, I'm interested in having a go of it now. I always say that with these scenario spotlights. They always get the <laughs> scenario juices flowing, and I know all the listeners agree. Get into it. Have a crack at this one. Yeah. All, all the Ruin of Arnor. I mean, we mentioned this uh, on our last episode, but all the Ruin of Arnor uh, scenarios are, are absolute blast to play. They've all got really good character uh, really good objectives and the the game flows really well for, for for just all of them so if you haven't already grab that that source book or or look for it on the on the web because uh it is a a, a worthy investment definitely all right so um that's it for the scenario spotlight let's move on to our final segment mustering an up. How many? I bring 500 men from the West Coast, my lord. 
We have 300 more from St. Mark's standing king. Better than ride us in snowboard. Let us come, my lord. Okay, know thine enemy, and I'm going to get us started with a very fine little list that I'm really happy to discuss. I Look, I, I don't often say this, but I think I've written a good list here, guys. You'll be the judge, but I think this might be an okay one. I have <laughs> Arnor, 400 points, pure list, nothing but the Arnor. All the Arnor, nothing but the Arnor. We've got a captain. He's our leader in this one. He is a hero of fortitude, so he just qualifies. He has with him seven warriors of Arnor. Now, remember, they've all got spears and shields. They all have them. They love it. One hobbit archer with a warhorn. You've got to get around that terror somehow. And an additional two hobbit archers. Mm, nice. Some shooting. Very cheap. Warband two, we have another Captain of Arnor. Uh, again, he I, I've given him the 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 shield. I'm perfectly happy just having a shield on him. But you know, if you're feeling a bit fancy, you can swap a bow out. You can chuck a bow on him. He can do some shooting. He's shoot four plus. He's perfectly good at it. It's uh, it's really up to you. Um, he has with him seven more warriors of Arnor and a further three. Hobbit archers. I think you can see where this is going. We have one more warband. It has a captain of Arnor with the shield swapped for a bow this time. I wanted one hero with a bow at the very least. He's going to shoot out their horses. Six warriors of Arnor and three more Hobbit archers. So we have a total of drum roll, please. I think it's I think it's like thirty two models at four hundred points. Let me let me triple check my figures here. Mm, ding ding is, ding into is. the calculator. Thirty two models. Now, if there's one thing that I wish that I had in the list, uh, it's probably a banner. There's there's no banner here, but I have got the warhorn and I have spammed this list out the wazoo. I wanted to see how many models I could fit into a smallish list. And 32 was the answer. There's an extra three points left over even. You could swap out a Hobbit Archer for a Ranger if you wanted to have a Scout in there. Just an extra little fight for with the same shooting ability. Uh, Or, uh, as someone suggested, we could have uh, three weapon swaps in there and bring along some clubs. So you can club those nasty monsters and heroes on the head and leave them stunned for the next turn. What do you guys think? Alright, well, first off, Maddie. Damn you for suggesting the weapon swap, because that was my secret tech in my list that I'm going to be giving out later. So thank you for spoiling that. But uh, I heard you like a macro and getting as much bang for your buck as you can get. 32 models at 400? As much as it pains me to admit it, since you don't have a decent striking hero, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. That's a lot of guys for 400 points. What I like about it, yeah. Matt, is it feels like it's part of Fornost, where the, you've got the participants there that were actually there, because Arvindui, of course, wasn't at that main battle, and that's where the hobbits were, and you've probably, like, you've looked at it, and you've taken so much of your, your models as hobbits that, that Malbeth probably won't give you as much value as it would for some of the other lists, so that that's a fair drop. So I, I, I like it from a, a theme point of view, and at 400 points, uh, you've got, you're pretty much going to be outnumbering almost everyone, and the armies that... that 
match you in numbers are going to be seriously outclassed. They're not going to have fight four, defense six across the board uh, with fight five captains. So I think you've got something here. This is a, a nice uh, surprise, I think. Four, I, I like 400 points. I know that, that we, we're the only ones that do. But just putting this on the table, I would be scared about it pretty much no matter what I've brought because it's got so much numbers that all you do is botch one combat and then you're in trouble and you lose your big thing and or your, your hero and then, then you, you've got an uphill battle. So I don't mind this at all. Uh, the Hobbit Warhorn, that's a that's a good good addition for this one, especially because you don't have the Avendui and you don't have that, that sort I mean, of if yeah, really, courage bonus. If you really wanted to too and you just wanted to try and not uh, have to worry about courage or break tests by just having lots of dudes so you never break because you, your opponent can't kill enough dudes, you could drop the Warhorn for another four models, which is a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have the space in the warbands to do that as well. I actually purposefully did that. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> but yeah, I I actually, going into this, I'm like, well, the Warhorn's nice, but you always have the auto-pass courage anyway, so eh. And it's like, well, the Hobbits are fine, but they don't, Arvadui doesn't affect it. And I'm like, oh, look, easy solution. Don't take Arvadui and Malbeth, and then you get the perfect... Perfect synergy. Perfect. <laughs> Everything is as efficient <laughs> as possible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, you, you make a good point there, but I was just thinking as well, you could drop the Warhorn and upgrade a captain to Avadui, and that, that's that's a big upgrade as well. So That is uh, a pretty big upgrade, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, look, I don't know if it's it's the, the power option, but I, as I said, I like it for the for the theme. I think you've actually nailed it with something different than than what I expected. I thought you'd uh, just be be all about Avadui and Melbeth. So I, I like nah, that you've gone no against it and... and Lent on the captains and the hobbits and the the warriors to see what they could do. No banner though. That that's uh, that's. I know that's the... that's tough. Honestly, I, I'd probably swap the warhorn for the for a banner in most cases. Mm. If I'm being perfectly honest, yeah, but, um, I, I would try to fit that in. Even dropping some yeah. warriors. If you wanted to drop just three of the warriors of Arnold. Yeah, look, two warriors banner. and a hobbit, and that's a banner. Yeah. yeah. With your extra three points. With the well, three points, okay. so you've got not over, yeah. not quite, but very close, very close. Three warriors. You're right. But yeah, um, yeah. Look, I'm I'm pretty happy with this list. And I, I was just trying to think of something that I would want to take that's a little bit different. And you know what? Spamming Arnor looks like kind of fun, honestly. <laughs> it's a lot of models for a 400 point list, isn't it? And mm. they're all they're all metal. There's no there's, you're gonna have. To... <laughs> yeah. They're all heavy metal, Jeremy. That's right. They're probably Arnor, now, I don't know, but Arnor is the most metal army list. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> My Arnor are so old now that, yeah, they're all chipping a bit. I really need to go back and, and fix them all up because, yeah, completely metal army. I remember when I first fought that army of yours, uh, Timmy, and I, I, I distinctly remember we had this really awkward hill in the centre of the table and it was just a nightmare because I had the new uh, Moran and Orcs and Timmy had uh, the Warriors of Arnor and just everything was like, falling over because of this stupid hill on the center of the table yeah i remember that when i when i bought my army i think that was the first time i was like probably uh ashamed of the amount of money i was spending on like this one single army buying all those three packs of warriors just a whole lot of them and it's just like this is a lot of money for not all that many models (laughs) I remember that still, but I bought it for the scenario initially, and I think you only needed like nine of them for the scenario. So I had that that starting point, and then they just sort of crept up. I don't know how I got them. I might have bought a couple of them secondhand from someone else, and then 
uh, it just grew and I've ended up with about 30 of them as well. So yeah, it's it's a significant investment. And I know a lot of people have converted them from Warriors of Gondor and I think that's a really good option. And I I know there's some um some SDL files around that that would make very good proxies as, as um, 3D models as well. So I think mm. if you wanted to do this, you might uh, do a, a less, <laughs> a less yeah. uh, wallet-intense uh, way of doing it later on. Can I move on to my 500 points? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's go hear for it. it. Jeremy, let's let's go. Go. Yeah, so I've, got, I've just got a little bit of an upgrade over Matt's, but I've gone for a bit of a different uh, one. And I, I like that. I thought it was a bit of a hipster not taking one of the heroes, but Matt got me first. So I've gone for Arvin Dewey leading a Warrior of Arnor with a banner, because I like a banner, and 10 Warriors of Arnor. And then I've got, for Warband 2, a Captain of Arnor with a banner guy, and then 10 Warriors of Arnor. And then I've got my third Warband, a Captain of Arnor with Shield Swap for Bow. And I think this is where you'd be creative and, and do a cool conversion that's like half Ranger, half Arnor guy. And then he's leading six Rangers of Arnor and four Rangers of Arnor with Spear. I didn't pack them all with Spear because I thought this one is trying to be roughly accessible to, to people buying the army. Now, I don't know if I've succeeded in that or not because it is really expensive as well but i like the idea of some of the rangers just being on the flank and being like a skirmish force at the sides as well uh, i've gone for the two banners so my thought is that every combat that i fight should be under the effect of a banner and i can use one of the banners for bait if i need to and i've got the arvin dewey bonus rule so i'm not that worried about courage because i can just pack them uh, behind arvin dewey so i've got a total of what's that that's um 35 models at 500 points, which is pretty big as well. It's got Avadui, it's got two captains, one of them's got a shield, one of them's got a bow, a couple banners, and then 10 bow shots from warriors, and four of them have spears. So, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, very nice at 500. A, a healthy number of models as well, which I think is going to be a theme with Arnor, because, like, 34 at 500, I think it's 34, right? Yeah. Um, that that's absolutely nothing to sniff at. Or is it even 35? 35, 35, I think. 35 for yeah. sure. Man. 35 models, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Oh, very, very nice. Yeah, I, I love that you've copied me by uh, going with not taking the, the Malbeth. Um, Malbeth, completely unnecessary. Probably won't see him <laughs> in any of these lists, let's be honest. But yeah, Arvadui definitely is, is always a good value pick. Like, th- there's honestly not really any reason not to take him in, in a pure Arnor list, um... Yeah, that like it, even looking at my four hundred point one there, you're probably going to take Arvadui realistically. Uh, so yeah, I think having the two banners is pretty huge at that points level with the number of warriors that you still have. Uh, and I actually really like the idea of running one warband fully with bows. Normally, I like to mix it up a bit. I like to take some bows in each warband, but I think with Arnor in particular. It's, it's really good to have them all in one warband. I think it actually just works better with how you want to play the list. Mm. Mm, yeah, I could do like a, almost a hammer and anvil. Well, not really with a hammer. Like, I don't know, like a, a feather and an anvil type tactic where <laughs> like I've got two two tank warbands that people aren't going to really want to charge and there's no real weakness in there. So if they come in and try to do like flash killer warband, they're just going to have the, the tough... Uh, part the whole way through and those ranges can be set up like on a flank of the army so even if i'm deploying forward i can set them up on an extreme flank and once people start charging i can maneuver them around to shoot out spearmen i can go capture objectives with them they're they're a fighting force on their own as well because they've all got the the good fight value and they've got the the captain in there as well so they can be surprisingly good at fighting and, but and they, they have that option too. 
yeah, yeah enough spears yeah. to to put up a a threat. So I kind of I, I am denied about that as well. And I I normally go for a mixed warband because it's just like almost a no brainer. But this one I thought that it might be nicer to have that captain leading a thematic warband and having them operating on their own and then almost maximizing how many shots they can get just just with the different arcs of fire. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that a lot. I'm still thinking about the Captain versus uh, Malbeth debate in my head. Uh, I don't know, because, like, if, if it was any other points level, I would be advocating for Malbeth, but I think 500 points you can get away with not taking it because you want that extra uh, combat threat. And then having three combat threats can be enough if you're playing aggressive enough uh, to mitigate the need for Malbeth to see So... I don't mind it. I don't think I would prefer it. Um, I think if you're going the captains without the Malbeth, I would. Uh, actually, no. I, yeah, I don't. I don't mind it. I don't prefer it, but I don't mind it. <laughs> I prefer it. I I think the at this point, fight five is going to be enough to deal with almost like even small small heroes. So five hundred point having two fight five just generic heroes as well as Avendui with the strike means that I can be that aggressive. Right, so if I need to, if I need to punch through anything, Arvin do with the two captains beside him with the banner behind them and, and enough spearmen is gonna gonna put some pressure on it. It's gonna gonna threaten some people. So I, from my playstyle, Kylie, I think it works a lot better. I I like to do the defensive, but with some punch to it. And I think the only way I'm gonna get that is to have a little bit of redundancy in the captains because I think two heroes at punch. Uh, is probably not enough for my liking. So I, I understand the people who want to put Melbeth in, and it's easy enough to do. You just you could drop essentially a banner and a captain and put Melbeth in if you want. But I, I like to have that, that combat mm. potential and, I guess, and that threat. And... I guess it's, it's similar to the way when I look at like um, the Eastern lists and I see players not take Dragonites. And I'm just kind of like, why are you playing Easterlings if you're not taking Dragonites? Like, just go play Gondor instead. And I'm, I'm kind of, no, I'm kind of in a similar boat with with uh, <laughs> Arnor. Is with if you're not taking Alvadui and Malbeth, why are you playing Arnor? Go play Gondor instead. He's the lamest character, Kylie. Just... I'm not playing Arnor for <laughs> Malbeth. <laughs> I, I know, but he, it, it's he said some bloody poetry in a way. You go and you think he's the best character. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 not about the poetry. It's not about how good he is. It's about the fact that he's a unique uh, playstyle with with this particular kind of setup with with the with the army because yeah there, there are other armies that can do that same kind of shield wally kind of play style that um in the good forces in in gondor and in fiefdoms and by playing arnor i think you want to really lean into what is unique about them and that for me is arvadui and melbeth no, I think I think the uniqueness is you've got fight four cheap basic troops with defense six. I think that's the unique part and and all the speeds you could ever want. So I, I I disagree with you very slightly on that one, Kylie. And I've got no problem with the people who want to play play Melbourne. That's fine. That's their choice. I just found that that I've been playing a fair bit of Arnold lately, and I enjoy it more without Melbeth. Fair enough. I think part of it is just just the mindset, right? Like it mm. sort of takes you out of that. I'm just gonna curl up and and not take any damage you know uh into i need to actually you know make use out of my heroes i need to make sure that my army is actually playing in an effective manner where i can actually get kills you know so uh, yeah i actually i totally agree with jeremy on that one 
and and like like Jeremy said earlier, there's nothing wrong with Malbeth. Malbeth's a really good hero. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. It's just if you don't want to play that particular way, you can run on or without him, and it's perfectly fine. Especially at this points level, I think once you get to a higher mm. points level, yeah. I, I, even yeah. I, I end up taking him. Like, you've just got the points for him. But at this points level, if you want three heroes, you're either sacrificing your numbers, your banners, or your Melbeth, essentially. So, um, a three combat heroes. Melbeth's definitely a hero, but not a combat hero. And I've just, I've found that that little tag team of Arvindui and two captains beside him uh, pose significant threats to opponents. Like, they they deal with the, the opponent's big thing, their, their, their troll, their spider queen, their whatever. And then they, they, um, they, they make a mess of that, and then they can continue on to the, the elite troops and, and keep keep getting their points worth. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of higher points, let's get right into it, Tim. I know that you've written yep. a competitive style Arnor list. Walk us through it. Yes, so I, uh, 750 points. I have, of course, uh, Arvadui. Uh, with one warrior who has swapped his uh, shield and spear for a banner, with eight uh, warriors of Arnor, uh, two rangers uh, with spears, uh, and three hobbit archers. And then uh, I have gone and taken Melbeth, uh, because, yeah. Shock, gasp. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Arnor is... Melbeth is Arnor, and you've got to have Melbeth in there. So, Agreed. Mel, especially, especially 750 points. So I've got Melbeth with another eight warriors, uh, another two rangers with spears, uh, a hobbit archer with the warhorn, and another one hobbit archer uh, as a friend there. Uh, then I have taken a captain with another warrior with a banner, uh, another seven warriors, uh, another two rangers with spears, and another two hobbit archers. And then I have a fourth warband, which is exactly the same as the last one. So a captain, another banner, uh, seven warriors, two rangers with spears, and two hobbit archers. So yes, I have gone with the, the three banners. So you could, I was toying around with uh, maybe getting a third uh, captain, uh, which you could basically take out a, a warrior with a banner and uh, a couple of warriors uh, to get the uh, third captain. Uh, but this, at the moment, is at uh, 54 models, which is quite a, a, a big number, even for 750 points. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and you've got the, the four heroes, which I think is, um, uh, yeah, pretty good. And, yeah, it's, it, I, I have opted, like, in the past, I tended to do a lot of that, making a warband with just bows, like the bow warband. Uh, but it's something I've kind of shied away from in recent times. Uh, and so, yes, I've chosen to kind of split up uh, the rangers and the hobbits. But you could, if you wanted to, put them all in, in one warband and, and give the, the captain a bow. Uh, that is something that would work as well, I think, in this list. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I uh, what what do you think? 
I, I like it, Tim, but I I would be tempted to do that option you said with the drop a banner and some friends for the third captain because I think that could be be really really nasty. Um, I like the the archers actually intermixed a bit because um, with my army I had just rangers of Arnor and they can hold their own in a fight, whereas Hobbit arch archers need protection, and what's better protection than a big guy with a shield? So I I think if if you're gonna go heavy on Hobbit archers, which you definitely have, you've got what what's that almost twelve of them. How much yeah. is, no, no, no. no. Eight, uh, two, eight? four, six, uh, nine. Nine, yeah. That's a good amount of your army is yeah. is that really low defense, fragile guys. Fight two, defense three. And if I'm playing against you, I'm going to target and, and squish hobbits as much as I can. So hiding them behind your warriors, I think, is a solid choice. Kylie, you wanted to say something about uh, it? I was just going to say, horde army, eat your heart out. I, what I love about this list is it's a really good counter to... Other horde armies. It's 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 the kind of thing that if you're playing like Goblin Town, spam Moria, spam Haradrim, you're really not going to want to play against this list because it's it's got enough numbers to match you. Maybe not outnumber you or come uh, on even footing with you, but has enough models to match you. Has better troops than you. Has macroed out just a lot of might points and. You have a five plus save, yeah. No, do do not want to play this list with Goblin or with Angmar or with any sort of large numerical force. No, thank you. I would prefer to do something else with my time. Thanks. Yeah, totally agree. Especially once you take terrain into effect, because you, you start closing off those gaps, and the the numbers difference at that point makes virtually no difference at all. So I yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. This is the anti horde horde. Three banners. Wow, when's the last time I saw a list with three banners? Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide, two thousand and eight, <laughs> two thousand and nine, around that area. No, no, was it? But, I um, started playing in two thousand and ten, so that would be really impressive. Yeah, that, if, that would uh, be impressive. That what Carly is talking it. about? We um, the first time we saw three banners run was actually quite memorable. It was in an Easterling army, and it just meant every warband you couldn't pick them off and then dismantle them. Whereas uh, oftentimes a tactic when you've got these tough, hard-to-move armies with lots and lots of models is you go really hard at, at one of the, the models in it. You go really hard at, at um, one of the warbands, kill it as quickly as you possibly can, but it was really, really tough to because every single one of them had, had the banner and the captain and were, were, were tanky warbands. And this reminds me of that. I don't know that you need three. I think two would be fine, but I think I'm not upset with three either because you've got 50 models. That means you can basically fight really strong on, on three areas of the battlefield which which could really nice because you might break even in two of them and then you start winning that third one that might be enough to tip the scales. That was my my thinking behind. I was arming and arming whether to put in the third banner or to to put in another captain. And yeah, the idea was that because uh, with so many models, they're not all going to get in to Melbeth. So it's like having those kind of the captains that can kind of go off on their own and kind of hold their own fronts and their own flanks is like uh you know can really uh while you have your main Avadouin Melworth warbands in in the like kind of center area was was the idea there and you kind of the banner just kind of helps them yeah be able to be separate a bit and have have their own kind of little mini Arnor forces as as a side note as well as a points match type army it's really interesting because the, the the missions uh that require you to have a banner for victory points uh, are ones where if you have more banners than your opponent, you get uh, like points or something like that. 
the missions that you would be playing with this list actually helps gives you agency because um, your opponent is then forced to come deal with you because they can't just give up those VPs. They got to go try and head on your banners down or at least equalize the banner count. And since you don't have any really major threats outside of Avadui, having lots of banners, I think, is actually a, a really a really smart move here uh, in terms of dealing with those those particular missions because Anna would struggle with them. I, don't, I think if they didn't have the amount of uh, banners that you have included him. What mission has uh, you get points for multiple banners? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was. I don't think that's the thing. <laughs> May, maybe I'm making a fool of myself again because I I am going off pure memory. But uh... ah, yes, no. I have got it slightly wrong. It's uh, you get one victory point if you have at least one banner remaining at the end of the game, and then you get uh, two victory points if you have at least one and your opponent has none. Mm, mm, that mm. that sounds familiar. I didn't re- I didn't remember that, and and I I often get things wrong, but uh, that that sounded a bit too good. But but you're right. If they want to do that sneaky like you know hold out for a draw and just be up on banners to to get the minor win, that's not going to be an option. You got three banners here. They can't even fluke a shot or a a Rafe doing something sneaky and Black Darty a Banner Bear or something like that because you've got three of them. Three. Three. You get so many models as well. Like, like whatever is it, 50-something models. 54 models. Yeah. Uh, four heroes. Is it four heroes? It is four heroes. That That's... Yeah. Yeah, you've got, you've got a force and a half and and this is similar to one I think I played against you, Tim, last time I played your Arnor and I just remember it being just a grind to try and get through this many warriors. I was I was making a dent but it, it, that's all it was was just a little dent and the rest yeah. of the warriors are still around. Yeah, definitely having lots of lots of warriors and having like that that big bulk is just like yeah, really what Arnold's got going for it, and and it can be just a real grind to get through. Yeah, just just to break down the list sort of into its components a little bit, I think you've got uh, thirty warriors plus the the three banners. You've got yep. uh, I think it's eight rangers and nine hobbits. Is that yep? Am I yep. Right? yep. That, that, that seems right. Yep. Yeah, so, like, it's an interesting mix, and I just want to point out that I, I don't know if how often this happens. I doubt it happens often, but you've used every profile in this list. Every profile is represented here. Yes. And and I think that's just really cool that, you know, you write this list, and it's the best, probably as good as you can get at 750 points, probably as close to as good as you can get, and everything's represented. I, I really like that. I don't think it happens very often. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's really, it's, Arnold, I, I think, is a very, like, uh, what's the word, like, complete army list. It's got, you know, it's it's got very few models, but kind of each model serves its different purpose, and you kind of, you know, you want to take all of them to do, especially in the higher points, take all of them to do the different things that they do, and you've got a quite, quite a complete army. Mm, that's a good point, actually, because a lot of the army lists we've seen, you've got one troop type that you just you often just ignore because it just doesn't do anything different to the other one. It's just not worth it. But, but yeah, you've, you've got a place for all of them. I, I don't take as much Hobbits as you do, but that's fine. I'm not against them. I think uh, your shooting is going to be very scary. You've got like 15 shots or something. And then once you get there, you've got 30 Warriors to try and get through with some heroes that are, uh, that are no slouches either with Defense 7 and, and Fight 5. They're, they're tough to move. So, yeah, I, I, I like this list, Tim. I, I might actually try it out as well because I've definitely yeah. got all the models for it. So I'm... 
maybe I need to paint up another banner. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. I, I actually haven't, haven't ever run the three banners, so I'd, I'd, I'd have to paint up another banner too. But um, yeah, I, uh, I'd probably... Well, maybe we need to combine forces, Tim. Yes, yes. All right. Well, those are thousand at that point. Yeah, Ky- <laughs> Kylie's been waiting patiently in the wings. Okay, Let's hear yeah, we right, what right. Right. Got well, we've all talked about the pure honor list. I think it's time we start diversifying honor a little bit, looking to some allied contingents, because I know you three also have some allied contingent forces, but I'm really excited to uh, kick the ball rolling with the allies uh, with this little masterpiece. Well, maybe not a masterpiece, but, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> funky. It's funky. So in Warband 1, we have Arvadui. He's leading 10 Warriors of Arnor and one Warrior of Arnor with the banner. In Warband number 2, we have Malbeth the Seer. He is leading 6 Warriors of Arnor, 6 Rangers of Arnor, and 3 of those uh, Rangers have a Spear. And 3 of those Rangers of Arnor have a Weapon Swap, which I will get to in a moment. In Warband number 3, we have a Captain of Arnor. He is leading 10 Warriors of Arnor and another Warrior of Arnor with Banner. And finally, in Warband number 4, taking a leaf out of Tim's book, we have a Captain of Arnor that's totally not going to be a converted Hobbit to be carrying a bow. And in that Warband, we have two, uh, sorry, 9 Hobbit Archers, 7 of which have Weapon Swaps, which... I will get into now. So the idea of these weapon swaps is that we trade out the the sword or the dagger or whatever for clubs. Because one of the things that Arnold struggles with is dealing with big, scary things. Like, the really big, scary things. Like, models like Azog. Models like, you know, Gothmog. Those big, high, tier-end heroes that can be a bit difficult to deal with at times. So if you can get a, a sneaky combat win against one of them, get the club in there, get a bonk on the head you can uh, neutralize them for part of the game. But that's not the only model we have in the list that is there to neutralize. We also have Tom Bombadil, as I touched on before. Auto Pass Courage helps deal with some of that, those problems, but in particular gives uh, resources back to the army. So early game, you can use that extra, you know, free point of might you're getting from the refreshing song on the Captain of Arnor, on his bow, you know, get a few shots out. It effectively means you have free marches uh, every turn with the army, but most importantly of all, it gives Avadui a bodyguard. It has Avadui, so long as he's within one or two inches of Tom Bombadil, is never going to be in fear of his life because anything that goes at Avadui, well, they're going to cop a Tom Bombadil to the face. Mm, how, what points level is this? Eight hundred points. Eight hundred. So you got what mm. forty-eight models, which is enough at eight hundred. That's yeah. fine. Would you not give the this weapon swaps to the actual warriors of Arnor? Uh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, well, honestly, that's what I was thinking. I really like. I really like the weapon swaps. I think it's really cool. But I, I, I'm really interested to say why he gave them to the hobbits yeah. and to the uh, rangers because I would, I would have given them to the warriors. Yeah. Well, the reason why I went with the hobbit archers, uh, the the rangers of Arnor is whatever. Like those extra three, I just. I just threw in there because I just needed somewhere easy to make the, the list easy to read out. But the main reason why I gave them to the Hobbits is because the Hobbits are strength 2. So when you're actually going to make strikes, you don't really want to be doing the strength 2 hit from the from the Hobbit if they win a combat. So being able to trade out their strength 2 strike for a crowd control strike in, in, in the form of the stun, I think is a worthwhile trade. That way, you're not wasting that strength 3 on your Warriors of Honor and whatnot. And instead, you've got it on a hobbit that is not really looking to get a kill. They're more looking to to help out their friends by by getting that that fight one uh, uh, debuff down on on their opponent. 
I, I was wondering what the answer was there, and you came out with the perfect one. That that makes complete sense. Uh, strangely, um, <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to say something about the courage. You can uh, you can go charge the terror or something like that. I all of that, these, that all of these argument. are part of the reasons why the hobbits have the clubs. <laughs> it was thought yeah. out. Actually, um, I think the best argument, Kylie, th- what you should have said is just who's ever seen the warrior of Arnor using a club? Hobbits, yes. Warriors of Arnor, no. Don't be ridiculous. I'm not going to chop up my really expensive metal models to to go and give them different weapons. And I think that would be a perfect argument as well. All excellent arguments. And yeah, look, it's a very nice list, isn't it? I, I, I remember saying at the start of this that um, we were going to see some horde armies, and the fact that you're able to ally in expensive allies and, and still have such good numbers is uh, really, like, it says a lot about Arnold, yeah, I think. It's... So, Kylie, can I, can I just uh, check something yeah. first? Tom Bombadil's the yellow ally. He's, yellow with, he he's yellow with every so, army list. Okay. So you lose your, your fearless little bubble with Arva Dewey, but you've got a... Do you have a Warhorn? No, no you didn't. but here's yeah. the thing. Tom Bombadil no. gives fearless. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so you're just swapping it on a different model. It's only three inches. But when you're playing yeah. this kind of matchup, you can get... The three-inch bubble is enough. Like, you, you don't need a, that massive six-inch bubble. I mean, you could go Goldberry uh, in the list, but I don't think Goldberry actually provides uh, a lot to the list that uh, Tom does, because Tom's auto-win auto, auto win combats is the pretty much the sole reason why you're taking it. Goldberry's more of a an assist and a healer kind of deal, which you don't really need much more of since you've got so much protection with Malbeth. So, yeah, I, that's part of the reason why I've gone for uh, for just Tom and not, not Goldberry. Okay, and the second question, the follow-up there, what theory about who Tom Bombadil is do you subscribe to? Uh, I am a big fan of, he is in fact, uh, the, uh, Lord of Chaos. He's the agent of chaos. He is, he is, he is like, you know how like everything has to have its equal opposite in the universe? So he... What chaos does he provide? No, 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 no. he is the opposite to the entirety of the Valar. Okay, interesting. Yeah. He's there to balance out the Valar. That's why he's there. That's why he exists. Mm. You got, so you got all these gods. Tom Bombadil is the balance in the universe mm. to those gods. Uh, I don't know. He's not powerful enough to take on Sauron. Doesn't it's, sound like a very no, good no, no. god to it's me. It's not that he's not powerful enough to take on Sauron. It's, it's that he can't be bothered or has any desire to take. Oh, on Sauron. that's the worst excuse in the world. Like, I, I could be a champion of this if I could be bothered. <laughs> like, like that's that's a terrible argument. I know what you're doing, Tom Bombadil. That <laughs> I, that doesn't cut it. <laughs> I like that he's the song of the um the creation. That's 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 my favorite one. That's why he's singing so much. Or my favorite one is he's just his kid's toy, and he just wanted to bring some nostalgia back by chucking him into the story. For really, no I thought I thought you would have subscribed <laughs> to the uh, he's the witch. Yeah, that's my uh, favorite. Yeah. No, that's a dumb argument. That's just because oh, because they're not in the same place at the same time. That's that's terrible. Yeah, that's 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 bad. <laughs> that's a shocking argument. That's something that I would come up with as a joke. <laughs> All right, so. Jeremy, I think you've got a list with a surprise for us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do. We just mind-wiped us because uh, it's behind-the-scenes match just actually gave it away, but you didn't hear that, listener, so I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> we have an 800-point army list, so I'm going big now as well. I, 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 can't, I can't let myself with this small army list anymore. I've got to, I've got to go big. So my Arnor, I've got Arvadui, the last king of Arnor, which if you take an alliance, you have to take Arvadui. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Is that right? Yeah, yeah so any, any alliance... Yeah, any alliance has to have him. So we finally learnt these rules, and we hate them. We've learnt them. 
So uh, he's got eight <laughs> warriors of Arnor and four rangers of Arnor with spear. So 12 guys. I, I keep going back to 12 because I just can't get my head past the old school 12 warbands, uh, 12 model warbands, but I don't mind that. So then he's got a captain of Arnor with eight warriors of Arnor and then four rangers of Arnor with spear. So they've got identical warbands. One's led by Avendui, one's led by a captain, and that's my Arnor contingent. I haven't gone for Melbeth, and partly because I like the 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 march and the agency of the, the captain, and I haven't gone for banners, which you'll find out why in just a moment. So I've, I've gone for lots and lots of spears, as you can see here. Then, for my other warbands, I've added in from the Kingdom of Khazad-Dûm. There was the big surprise. I hope that was worth it. The Kingdom of Khazad-Dûm, I've got a Dwarf King with throwing axes and a two-handed axe, so I've gone all full kit Dwarf King. I took a Dwarf King because I, I just, I, I, I don't want the named heroes there. I want to go theme here. So Dwarf King, he's not a bad model. He's missing the strike, but he's got a march and he's, he's not a terrible leader. Um, yeah, he, he's not, not amazing, but he's not terrible. And then he's got two Dwarf Warriors with Dwarf Bow. He's got six Khazad Guard, which basically in my way around the Terror uh, thing. I've just got some Khazad Guard, which will just go charging into everything. And I've gone for five Iron Guard because two attack dwarves are my favorite thing ever. Throwing axes, I love throwing axes, and it matches in with Dwarf King that has throwing axes. So I've got this little six model throwing axe warband um, with some Khazad Guard and some Dwarf Warriors with bow. And my last warband, I've had a King's Champion. So this is where why I don't have banners in the other part of the list because the King's Champion take gives me two. Uh, they'll either stay together if I want that massive defense 9, or they'll split up if I am happy with defense 8, which is honestly what I usually do. King's Champion's a good hero as well. He's got three Dwarf Warriors with Shield, and then six Dwarf Warriors with Dwarf Bow. So in my army altogether, I've got uh, 25, 24 Warriors from the Arnor Contingent with two heroes. Uh, eight of them have bows. And then for the Dwarf Contingent, I've gone for the Dwarf King, the King's Champion. So that's a total of four heroes. And then I've got uh, eight Dwarf Warriors with bow, three Dwarf Warriors with shield. So that nice defense seven and shielding. And then I've got some elites. I've got the Khazad Guard and the Iron Guard led by the Dwarf King and the Champion. So I've, I've got a good amount of models at 800. I'm sitting at, uh, what's that? That's... Um, Oh, I can't. I can't even do the adding up now because the king's champion does some funny things now. But it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's up with a Let's it's, see. It's 50, uh, 52 models, fifty-one models plus fourteen, fifty-two. Is that right? That sounds right to me. It's 52. definitely up there in the fifties. Yeah, it's huge. That's massive. Yeah, fifty-two models at eight hundred. That's exactly right, Matt. You're good, yep. good at maths. You should you should do some accounting or something. I should do like some kind of math related profession, shouldn't I? Yeah. Anyway, um, that, very very nice list. I I knew it. I knew it. As soon as I saw this list, I'm like, we're gonna see some nasty hordes, and here it is, the nastiest of hordes, the dwarf horde, <laughs> backed up by spears. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> backed up by spears. Yeah. Okay. Like it's it's just it's a classic, isn't it? It's the uh, my spears don't need to move quickly. They just need to do spear things. Uh, so I'm gonna stick them behind dwarves and gain all of the benefits of doing so. I, I I was thinking about it before. Um, I'd really like it if you take only unnamed heroes, then you retained your army bonus. Because it, it seems to me like anything could potentially fight with anything, right? And and army bonuses should stick around if if it's not clearly something that wouldn't have been possible, right? According anyway, to the design uh, team, the, the leaders only ever fought with like the kings and things. So you only ever yeah. got alliances in Lord of the Rings when you had that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, it is what it is. But yeah, th- this list looks really powerful. Like, it's something that I would love to try out. 
Yeah. How do you imagine it actually functioning? Like in 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 scenarios where you need to move quickly. Again, that's that's often the downfall of Arnor, and dwarves don't really help in that respect. Um, how do, how do you feel? I've got about a good that? amount of marches, yeah. so I'm not against um, dwarves being natural sprinters and just running <laughs> headlong in with, with led by led by dwarves and and Arnold backing up because I feel like if you're willing to march multiple turns in a row, you can actually get a bit of speed on it. It's uh, I could split up the force as well and go like almost multiple death balls. So uh, with, with the, the ability to move the banners around with a King's champion, I could definitely, definitely attack at two fronts as well. I've got enough archery to threaten, I think. So I've got, what's that? I've got the, the eight dwarf bows, which are shortest range, but that's okay. I've got the eight, Arnold bows, the Rangers bows, which are a good amount. And then I've got six throwing weapons as well, which means if I'm on the move, I can still do some damage. So I feel like it will rely a little bit on it shooting like an Arnor army. It's basically just an Arnor army, almost similar tactics, but with uh, with the dwarves as as a bit of a, a flavor. It does mean I've got some like objective captures in things like the Khazad Guard that have have bodyguard, which can be really, really nice to, to make sure that I'm not running away. But it's it's just a classic grind. And I feel like it's a way to get into Arnor that, that doesn't rely on buying as many models because I'm only buying... Only. only. <laughs> it's a lot of models. Yeah. But I'm only buying 16 of the, the Warriors of Arnor instead. And you could easily swap that out and drop one for another dwarf just to make it that 15. It's a lot less than buying 30 of them. So I feel like it's it's probably got similar tactics. It's got a nice theme to it. It's got some nice stories to it. Uh, the King's Champion is one of my favorite characters in the Dwarf list. I really like that one. It's, it's a fun character and it, it breaks it up. But in terms of actual... I don't know if it adds a huge amount of power to Arnold, but I think it just adds some some variety yeah, to it. Yeah, honestly, Jeremy, I'm I'm actually a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed because when I heard that you were going to do some wacky dwarf alliance, no, I never said wacky. I just oh, said I do right. dwarfs. Well, <laughs> I, I was I was expecting to see uh, Durin and eighteen Hearthguard uh, hit, hitting no, the that's table rubbish, as, uh, <laughs> as your way around like the whole bad courage thing because you know Durin's got a war horn and. You got all this Have you ever guard. seen dwarves now that's not Durin and, and eighteen and then, half? And then you all can get, you dwarves. know, Warriors of Arnor and they can go spear support the Hearthguard. I thought you were doing something like that, but Nah, boring. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I don't think the time is quite right, but then Durin's popped up so many times that they could probably probably find a, a matchup. But uh yeah, Kylie, that that's one option to do that, but I, I don't actually like that. That power option, I think that's done I mean, to death. Yeah. I, 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 I begrudgingly... Well, no, no, not begrudgingly. What am I talking about? No, that's not the word I want, begrudgingly. That's the opposite of the word I want. No, I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> with you. Uh, half guard, 18 half guard backed up by X is getting a bit old. Um, What else from the Durin's list would be interesting? I, I wanted a shield bearer, but it only affects the dwarf part. I thought that would be a really cool option for the Arnor. But yeah. it only affects Dwarf Warriors, so I didn't get that combination. I thought about Melbeth, because I thought him with the old school uh, tanking up the Dwarves would be good. But my, my Dwarves are the ones going to be doing the fighting, and my Arnold's going to be backing up. So I, I, I changed my mind about Melbeth. Um, there's not a lot of Dwarf heroes available from the timeline, and I guess you could make an argument for Durin or, or Marden or someone like that. But I... Um, I just thought the the King's Champion's a pretty solid hero, but it's it's not it's not a it's not a special list, Kylie. It's not there's no trick to it. There's no um no, nothing wacky about it. It's just an option for for Arnold players to do something different. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play the same way, you could just take like twelve Vault Warden teams or something. 
then you just get Arnor on top of Arnor, really. But now we're talking. <laughs> oh, you could do some ranges. Yeah, I thought about that, but then I um I was a bit worried with the the Rangers defense and also the Rangers of Arnor defense that I'm taking away one of the biggest yeah. strengths of the Arnor. So I, I, I did think about that on Kylie and I I probably would consider that as well. I also thought about um going really huge on the the Iron Guard, because I've got I've got an old War of the Ring unit of them. So I thought about just maxing out on that as well, and that's something that I, I would still consider because I think that could be a lot of yeah. fun to have there. I can't believe I'm, the... I'm about to say this, but did you also think about the ballista? Nope. Interesting. <laughs> never crossed. I never line. hit with it. I don't. <laughs> no, no. Siege weapons for siege is Kylie. Someone told me that once. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was just f- scrolling through the uh, the uh, Kingdom of Kazadunami list and got to the bottom and went, oh, there's a thing called a dwarf ballista. Right, those exist. Mm. I just think sometimes you don't have to design army lists to be the best thing in the world. I think sometimes you can just go, this one will generate some stories. It's got enough unique heroes that I'm going to mem- remember things. It's got enough unique troops that I'm going to have some fun playing it. I'm going to have some option of just maximizing my defense if I want defense seven or six or four or whatever. So I've, it's just going to be a, a fun list to play through. It's not, there's no auto win to it. There's no um like like put it down and then then just do it it's just just a nice little theme and and it's a nice little introduction if you've got a a dwarf army list and you want to add some arnold for a bit of color to it you can definitely do this absolutely um speaking of adding a little bit of color to arnold i'm gonna go into my list my other list that i've written here uh it's 800 points uh the leader is arvadui the last king of arnold and he has with him nine warriors of arnold and one Warrior of Arnor with uh, the shield, swap, shield and Spear swapped out for the banner, and five Rangers of Arnor with him. No Spears there, so just the Rangers. Uh, so full Warband for him, and then he's got alongside him, of course, Malbeth the Seer. Now, I was talking him down earlier, but, you know, Mal- Malbeth's actually great, so take him. Um, eight Warriors, four Rangers. Okay, easy. So plenty of Spears there, a little bit of shooting, nice. Now, I've actually gone for theme, and, and people might say, I don't know, this might not be the best option, but I actually think this is a pretty cool theme. Uh, they're they're uh, being allied with uh, Rivendell, being led by Glorfindel, Lord of the West. Now, again, I've gone for the theme. I don't know how long magic horses live, but I'm pretty sure Asphaloth wasn't around at the fall of Arnor. So I've actually just given him the armor. I did not put him on Asphaloth. Um, really? Yes, I I know. I've sacrificed probably the best thing that Glorfindel has for theme. Uh, say of that what you will. I'm a changed man, I know. Anyway, <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, he's got with him uh, 15 high elf... War- uh, high, sorry. Fifteen elves, five of which are high elf warriors with spear and shield, four of which just have the shield. We've got one high elf warrior with the lot, warhorn, spear, and shield, and five Rivendell knights with shield. So, we have in the list a warhorn. I managed to get one in there. It's being held by an elf. We've got a banner in there. We've got uh, Arvadui and Malbeth doing their thing with Arnor, and we've got Glorfindel on foot, but ready to uh, take some names. What do you guys reckon? Look, mm. I actually don't mind it. Now, I, I am going to uh, reject your army list and substitute my own. So I'm just going to imagine that three of those uh, Rangers of Arnor are actually uh, hobbits 
and we're going to use those extra points to to have Glorfindel on his on his horse. Boo. It might not be Ashville. It might, it might it might be some descendant, but Boo. I actually quite like the idea of Glorfindel with you know a handful of Rivendell knights as this giant hammer of doom to the you know Arvadui and Melbeth uh, uh, anvil because w- w- what better uh, what better uh, hammer to, uh, would you get for, uh, for 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 the amazing anvil that is Arnold? Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I agree with Kylie. Yeah, it, it's and about then, as good as Matt, it gets. Isn't I it? want you. I want you to cheat and then just drop in Kieran somehow as well. Uh, okay. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was going to mention that as well. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I actually think the same thing. Gorfindel on a horse. No. Like that, that's just a scary army horse. Yeah, what evidence do you have that he just fought on foot? I man? don't, but you can only take Asphalt. You can't just take a horse. That's all right. Just, just name just it. Asphalt's He's got... great, 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 great grandfather. Matt, when you have kids, you'll learn the, the <laughs> tactic of just like naming all the pets the same name as they pass away. So you can just do that one. Oh man, yeah, I think my as, parents did that with my hands. Asphalt one, asphalt two. Actually, yeah. um, this, as as a side note, this has actually given me um, an idea. You could instead of going for the Glorfindel, uh, go for uh, Elrond, and then only take Knights of Rivendell in that allied contingent block, and go really heavy into the Knights. You probably could. What squeeze out an extra four to five knights in there, uh, and and do do the swap for Glorfindel into Elrond? Uh, is that not dependent on his um, allies? Is that just baked into Elrond? That's yeah, baked into Elrond. Elrond. If it's if your army contains oh, cool. Elrond, then Rivendell knights do not count towards your bow limit. Ooh, ooh, I like that as well. Just some options. But no, Glorfindel's more of a theme. I like I like the theme. I, I I do not fault Matt's theme for it. I do like that Matt didn't take his favourite kid in as well. That that's nice. Uh, that excuse me, Gilgalad's my favourite, but I wasn't <laughs> taking him. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you can't take him. But I, I I don't see the argument for for the horses being valid because it's just so much cooler in every way, from a story point of view, from a gaming point of view, from a look point of view. That you just can't beat it. Glorfindel is like the ultimate elf hero. He's 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 amazing, and what you've just got to give him that. Like, if anyone deserves one, he does. And he's got Rimdale Knights. Tell me you couldn't just kick an elf off a horse and take his horse. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, okay, it's perfectly fine. I, I only did it as a bit of a troll, to be perfectly honest with you. Because <laughs> Asphaloth <laughs> is the only option for him. But yes, um, yeah, chuck him on a horse. Uh, change Asphaloth's name to um, Loth Aspha instead. Okay. <laughs> Asphaloth 1. That's all yeah. All right. All right, Timmy, send us home. We talked about, you know, there being a hammer and anvil for Rivendell and for Arnor. I believe you've got an even better version. Yes. Well, this is something I've just, uh, I've written quite recently and started uh, testing out. I've only had a couple of games so far, but I, I really like it. Um uh, I actually have written a couple of versions of this, but this is the version I tested out, and I think this is what uh, probably what the best one, but we'll, we'll have a discussion about that. So, you've got Arnor, of course. Uh, only the two uh, warbands of Arnor, so Arvadui, uh, with a warrior with a banner, uh, with ten warriors, uh, and three hobbit archers, because I love my hobbits. Got to have my hobbits. Uh, uh, then I have Melbeth, uh, with six Warriors of Arnor, 
three rangers with spears, uh, a hobbit with the warhorn, and another two hobbits. Uh, so that's the Arnor, and then as an ally contingent, we have Misty Mountains. So I have Gua here, uh, leading two great eagles. So uh, Gua here is the leader of this army because he is a hero of legend, so he has to be the leader, which is fine by me. Uh, and we end up with 31 models. So not necessarily Horde uh, like some of these other armies have been, but it's still a pretty solid contingent of Arnor there that, that can hold on its own, but they're backed up by uh, three eagles that can definitely do some damage and, and help out. Oh, so Oof. good. Mm. Such filth. Tasty. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> filth? No, it's not filth. I... I... No, no, def definitely not filth. You've taken the the hobbit, so you've given this. Like looking at this army as an opponent, I don't mind playing against this. I don't see it as being filthy. It's got it's got its weaknesses. It's got its strength. It's got its interest part to it. I, I think it's a a nice all round list. I don't think it's super powerful. And I think um, when you take the misty mountains, you're often going to get little allies to them as well because they're they're hard to play on their own. And I know that that some people are good at that. But having having an Arnold contingent works works quite nicely. You've, you've don't have a huge amount of might. You've got enough, but it's not it's not massive amounts of, of might, especially with Melbeth being a relatively passive character. So you, you, you're basically getting Arvindui and, and Glorfindel to do a lot of the work with those two great eagles, and the rest of them are, are being a particularly decent tank force. I like it, Tim. I think this is good to play with. Have you had much success with it? Well, I've only played the two games so far, and it's been one, one win, one loss, basically. Uh, but... Um... But did it work? Did it? Did it, it, it work? It worked. In the second game, when I had a loss, I had a couple of things that didn't go my way, where I was trying to kind of snipe some of their heroes and and I failed at the hero combats and stuff. So it was it you know had those things kind of gone the other way, it, it would have worked. So yeah, I, I like it a lot. I've, as I said, I've written uh, another couple of uh, versions: one with one eagle and one with two eat. Uh, two eagles, but yeah, uh, and of course, then you get like a lot more models in those lists. But yeah, just having the three eagles just makes it, yeah, a real threat. You can just kind of throw them around. You can, you know, you can use one or two of them to kind of help support your Arnold while another one does, you know, something else, you know. So it's, yeah, it, it's quite versatile in, in that respect. How many points, how, how many points was it again, Tim? Uh, 750. 750, right, yes, yes. So a competitive sort of level. Yeah, so 30 yeah. models, is it? It's it's very... 31. 31, yeah, yeah. It does look like it's going to do the job, like those eagles are going to have that effect that you want. I, I am a little concerned, though, that um, it's mostly hobbit archers that are making up your range, because just... I, I feel like with the lower numbers, they do become a little bit of a liability there. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I think, like, a lot of the time I'm probably going to, yeah, keep the hobbits back a bit, um, you know, and, and just get the warriors in there and, yeah, use the hobbits to kind of, you know, set up shots and, of course, you want to keep your warhorn protected and stuff like that. So, yeah, I found that 
Like in the two games I played so far, like I may was keeping the hoppers out of harm's way for most of the game and and only getting some of them in there towards the end, and so they they weren't a real liability in those games. But I, you know, they probably could be, but I think you just have to. I think they can be really good, but you also have to be careful with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're really worried about hobbit archers, you could always drop the warhorn and then use that thirty point reimbursement to get the one more model that you can fit into the list, and then upgrade those hobbit archers into say. Uh, Rangers of Arnor, or even possibly Warriors of Arnor. I I actually really really like the composition that you've come up with here, Tim, because it it's it's one of those kind of lists that's that's greater than the sum of its parts. And I think once you really master the Eagles, which I have complete faith that you're eventually going to be able to do, because I have seen you play Eagles and and you you know those you know, those models back to front. There is some serious, serious stuff that you can you can do with this list, especially once you take into consideration um, uh, barges and 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 the shenanigans that you can do with the brutal power attacks. Hmm. Yeah. There's definitely options there. Um, yeah. And I think I think the list really does rely on the eagles. The Arnold is there just kind of as a roadblock, and it's kind of like just a helper to the eagles. And the eagles are the ones that are gonna do do the um. The work for you, I think, in this list. Yeah, I've played a, a similar similar list. To, well, not not a similar. It's a much smaller list with this one. We've just quite here just for for friend stuff. And I like that you've got the equals because what I found in my one was with Guire here as a leader, I didn't want to go with assassination runs with Guire here all the time because if it failed, I was going to get in trouble. So I love having the extra eagles. I think it's plenty of models. 30 models at 750 where you've got three big flying monsters I think is enough. Warriors of Arnor can tank with the best of them. So that, that Arvind, Dewey, Malbeth and the, the Warriors of Arnor, think of it as those three different like sections of the army so that you've got the eagles to do all your attacking and all your maneuver and and if if worse comes to worse, you just start hurling people into the middle. Yeah, you've got your rock with your Arnor, which is it's even at, at seven fifty, it's tough to get through those guys. And then you've got your little skirmishes around with your archers and your rangers who can go and just just bait people and dance around. Because my thought with this one is, if someone wants to go chase after the hobbits, you've got eagles to just go run in and help them out. Exactly. So yeah. I like I like the idea of just trying to scare people. Like, oh no, I've put my hobbits in the wrong spot. Come chase them, and then suddenly three eagles swoop down and go and, and kill everything around them and maybe you lose a couple of hobbits but you trade them for for the eagle so i kind of like having some of the weakness in this army because it, it does like if i'm playing against this i'm looking and going oh i better kill those hobbit archers pretty quickly and i think tim could take advantage of that and, and use them as bait and i think that's really nice to have effective bait that costs nothing yeah i actually used that to my advantage in the first game i played is i had i had the warhorn and the other couple of archers kind of off to the back, to the side, like, we're, we're fighting all in the middle. I think we're playing um, Caesar Prize, so the main fight was all right in the middle. And, um, and yeah, I kind of had it off to the, the side to kind of bait some of his army around uh, the edge. Uh, but, yeah, he didn't fall for the bait, which was fine because that kept his army kind of all in the middle. And then I just pulled the eagles... Uh, behind him and, and, and trapped him in so it's kind of like you know if you've gone for the hobbits then i just pull my eagles off to you know grab your moles that you've gone but if you keep them all together well that works for me too so it's almost like this kind of uh you know uh 
Yeah, the the old situation. the old heads I win, tails you lose situation. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, nice. I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't uh, <laughs> saying. It's kind of like you think, oh, you know, if it's if you fall for the bait, you're falling for the bait. But if you think, oh, that's bait, I'm not going to fall for it. Well, you're actually just playing into my hands as well. Yeah, no, I I think it's a good option. So I I think you could you could bring it up and down a little bit as well, Tim, can't you? So you could you could potentially play it at slightly lower points with a similar composition because the eagles are such a big point that you might end up like going down to one eagle, but you still yeah. got the same sort of tactic. And yeah, I, I kind of like this well, as a bit of a. If you go down to one, I, I basically worked it out as I was working out the list. You, it, basically, an eagle is worth a captain and five more models. So, yeah, if I if you take out one eagle, you can put in a captain there and get five, go up to thirty seven models. Uh, and if you take out the other eagle, you can put in another captain and another another five models. So, yeah. As I, I I might try out those other variations. I think I think I want, at least want the two like Guahia and a friend. So I might try out this. I, I'm not super keen on the Guahia, but just by himself. So yeah, I think I'll definitely try out that version. But um, I am liking the three eagle version. I actually think I well, I think the the list at six fifty would actually be incredible with that one less eagle. I, I think six fifty points, thirty models, two eagles, and your Arnor. I think that would be really nice, personally. That's what I was going to say, Matt. I think oh, was that's, it? That's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I think that's actually scary as well. I, I think it's scary at 750, but I think at that 650 point level, which is um, which is another popular level, I think this could, could do some damage because eagles are, are really, really useful. And then you've got your numbers aren't actually a problem anymore. So in, in 750, your numbers are a little bit low, but I, I don't think that's really a problem with, with Melbeth and the Arnold hanging around. But then at 650, your numbers are... Are pretty good. You're going to be breaking even one to one against a lot of forces, and then you've got two eagles to to back it up as well. So I think you do have some flexibility to go up and down in points. So I I I do like this. I want to try it out. Well, yeah, I will. I will let you know how I go because I'm definitely going to play some more games with it in the future. Looking forward to it. I expect to see it top tables, Tim. Every tournament. <laughs> yeah, we'll be relaying all of Tim's results live on the Green Dragon podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, thank you for joining us tonight, Tim, uh, taking time out of your, your holidays at the moment, I think it is to, uh, chat with us and, and talk about a list that you love. So cheers, mate. Yeah, no, my pleasure. It was good fun. Excellent. Uh, any, any closing remarks? Kylie, you've usually got something for us. Uh, I usually do, but for, for once I feel that my, my fellow hosts have, Hit upon every single point I wanted to make in these closing remarks. So, in a complete change of pace, I am going to sit here quietly and uh, nod in the background, agreeing with everything you said. Just imagine me uh, nodding, listeners. That's a that's a really long answer when you could have just said no. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have been, been me if I didn't draw it out some way, Maddie. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Jeremy, anything left to add? Yeah, absolutely. Arnor is a massive investment in, in sort of models and, and resources, but I think that everyone that I've seen play them really loves them and, and just, just, uh, enjoys playing them. The scenarios that you get where there's only a few of them, 
they're, they're, they're really good fun. There's a good alliance matrix in terms of extra models, as we've just shown here. So I think if, you, if you're interested in Arnor, if you're Arnor curious, don't be afraid to, to find a way to, to get yourself into them because it, it is really nice sometimes to play the underdog on the good side and take something a little bit different but still still be able to hold your own. Yeah, they won't disappoint. So thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. And remember, traps and games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at The Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.